0: Something in the Water podcast. I'm Sean Clark
1: with Uncle Dave
0: Griffin. How you doing? Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and our guest this time, Chris and Alina Harrison from,
2: are y'all on St. Simons? We're or in Brunswick. 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 But we used to be on St. Simons, but okay. nowadays we've, we've, we've done the big exodus because it got too crazy over there. Oh, yeah. Traffic's too crazy. I
1: right heard so. that it was getting... Plus, Just doesn't have the vibe. More and and more crowded and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, y'all heard. So many of our guests on here are from the Golden Isles. Y'all heard us talk about Brunswick, St. Simons, Jekyll Island, and everything. We got some more Golden Islesers. (laughs) Y'all, some Golden Islesers. (laughs) We feel
2: local. We feel a little
3: local. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Even here, and
1: we welcome y'all. Thank you. It's good to have you. Good to
3: be here. Thank you. Thanks
1: uh, for having us. As you can tell, uh, Elena (laughs) is is a belly dancer.
3: I'm a belly dancer,
1: <laughs> but beyond that, she's a, a, a linguist and an author, and you also paint, don't you? Don't you do some art?
3: Oh to, yes, I just started. So, yeah. but yes, I really do like it. Awesome. I do. <laughs>
1: she's a, she's a girl for all seasons. <laughs> Ambidextrous.
2: No, <I'm laughs> not. You watch <are> your tongue, <laughs> Amber. Amber <amberdextrous. laughs>
1: <laughs> And Chris is. Uh, oh, and one more fact. Uh, originally from Russia, born in Mm -hmm. Russia. Chris is from England. Originally. Mm. Originally. And uh, he's, uh, uh, I don't know what your uh, real gig is, but he's uh, like what we like to uh, showcase on here. He is a singer-songwriter. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: That is so. that's as real as it gets. He's yeah. a singer-songwriter. He's also a fortune teller, but he'll tell you about it. Later. <laughs> that's how he makes his money. Misfortune. <laughs> misfortune for some people.
2: Misfortune <laughs>
4: teller. It's
2: my day job.
1: <laughs> Weirdly. So that's a, that's a hell of a couple, right? Very <laughs> <laughs> what that is. Very artistic oriented. And mm. I'm, sure, I'm sure you have a hard time putting up with.
2: Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> what can you do? You know? I you mean, know, yeah. you've got a rough life, yeah. buddy. You push through. That's what I say. You just <laughs> keep on you keep on keeping on. What you, that? That? you, you, were, you were, folks
1: at home. <laughs> you were telling us in the kitchen. Yeah, sometimes I'll pull my laptop laptop out to do a little uh business work at home and she starts dancing. And it's
2: like <laughs> Really? Yeah.
3: I try. Yeah. I try to keep everybody. In I'm thing. constantly
2: shocked I guess. and constantly just kind of wondering what's going on. In well, this what life. a pleasant distraction. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. It's not bad.
1: Well, let's start off with a little history. Mm-hmm. So what place in Russia were you from?
3: I'm from Voronezh, Russia. Which is about 350 miles south of Moscow and about 350 miles north of the border with Ukraine, cool. and um, it's about a big city, one million population. What? Wow! And uh, when it's a very I very cool city. Too. When Ooh. I married Chris and it's Mokir, a bit like Prague,
2: I think. Sure. My
3: Persian, dad, yeah. my dad said, told everybody that Elena married an English-American and moved to a village. That's what he said. (laughs) (laughs) She moved to an American village. But I came here in an exchange program in 2004, Uh, like work and travel USA when students come to work. Uh, And it's usually Six Flags parks or McDonald's and...
2: Ocean City, Maryland, places it, like that.
3: Um, and I somehow um, ended up at Sea Island waiting tables. Oh. <laughs> and uh, I and Chris was my trainer. So he said that I was the worst waitress he ever (laughs) trained.
2: So he decided to
3: marry me instead.
2: I was I was was feeling a touch of guilt. uh, Not too much.
3: (laughs) I was engaged engaged when I came here in Russia. So yes. Oh. Oh,
2: okay. Yeah.
3: And uh, that that's that's why that that's why the books or the books that I wrote, they're Mm -hmm. about our story because it's probably too much to tell, you know, but so I had to write the books about it, but I didn't want to talk about something because I find it funny and cool Mm -hmm. and weird that my most favorite book when I was growing up in Russia was Gone with the Wind. I read it three times by the time I was 12 and then a few more after that. Wow! And so when I ended up, when I was telling people I was going to Georgia to work in America, they said, did you do it on purpose? Because you you know, I was obsessed. Mm-hmm. I, I staged the play in high school. It was a Gone With the Wind play. Wow. I <laughs> the play. So I was obsessed. And they were like, did you do it on purpose? And I said, no, this is a complete coincidence. Mm-hmm. So this is about how strange reality is. I don't believe we create our own reality
5: mm-hmm.
3: s- without, through our dreams. So I think I was dreaming so much about Georgia that I just ended up here. So. And you <laughs> found Red. I did, and he honestly sometimes doesn't give a damn. So.
2: <laughs> The <laughs> Sea Island, they actually, they've let me go over there like four or five times. So. But uh, I was going to say that um, they had the G8 Summit that year, mm-hmm. 2004. Mm-hmm. And what had happened was I, I, you know, I used to play music in Athens and I came back. I'd been gone from here, this area my family immigrated to, but i have been gone for like 15 years and done all kinds of stuff. Traveled a lot, went in the military, U.S. Marines, and then I got out of the Marines, went back to England. Then I went to Montreal, played street music for three years in Montreal, underground in tunnels. Wow. And then I went to Athens to record CDs, did two CDs there over a six-year period. Mm -hmm. Got burned out 15 years, pretty much hardcore, moving around, traveled the world. And then when uh, I came back, the Cloister, and they hired me right away because I'd already kind of come and gone on different little gaps between bands breaking up. as You guys know, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. the band falls apart. You got to regroup, get Mm -hmm. your money back together, new equipment, (laughs) try to get back out there. But anyway, so in between, I was always coming and going to the cloister. They'd always have me back. And then when the G8 Summit came, they wanted me to be one of the lead waiters waiting on the world leaders. And back then they were all fine with Russia and Putin. So I Mm -hmm. was, you know, like uh, they did all the security check and everything. They had tight security over there on St. Simons and Sea Island for all that. Mm-hmm. But anyways, they had they wanted to make the resort seem more international, so they brought in a lot of uh, people from other countries. Mm. So because Putin was friends with Bush, mm. they wanted some Russians too. So the mm. Russians showed up, and there was four mm-hmm. Russian girls. <coughs> Lena was the last to show up, and as soon as I mm-hmm. saw her... <laughs> Obviously, it was a (laughs) no-brainer. But anyway. I will train you. I was like, okay. But I'm not kidding. She could not wait tables to save her life. First people she ever waited on spilled a whole pitcher of water. Nice little family, all dressed up for the evening, complete pitcher of ice water down the center of the table. I had to go rescue it all. And then afterwards, though, but what it, what it is, I probably should let you tell the rest of this really, but it basically was three months of nonstop me trying to court her, because I'd been doing all this, I'd been doing, i been on the road and burned out a bit, and you know love affairs come and gone, so yeah. I was just ready to kind of like finally have a cool girl, yeah, that I could hang out with and mm-hmm. just have a nice life with, and when she showed up, it was obvious to me, so I put my energy there, yeah, and then. You know,
3: mm-hmm. let and, and tell the rest
1: and look what look what turned out yeah yeah
3: <laughs> and three kids after so it's yeah nine almost 19 years yes so that's nineteen. Great. years. Yeah. <laughs> that's a hell of a story <laughs> Yeah, but
2: well, we travel she, she that's she wrote the books about that yeah. she's got a book the first one's called my journey of the ocean because our first son is called liam ocean and to arrive, at Liam. Liam Ocean. Yeah, but she came to the ocean here at the Atlantic at St. Simon's. In so it's a, like
3: a, I've always, you know, that was my fascination with the ocean. It's you know, when you grow up in landlocked mm. Russia, as you imagine, you know, going to anywhere near ocean, you know, I never thought my, that that yes. So I we called Liam <laughs> Liam Ocean, and the, the you know, and the second book is called um, A Year in the Sky, and our. Second boy's name is Maximilian Sky, <laughs> But we first called the children, then we called the books. So it wasn't the other way around. You know, name right, the children, yeah, name the books. Right. But that,
2: yes. the second book is about the... This gets weird, like <laughs> <laughs> other otherworldly weird. <laughs> Basically, the she was there for three months, and at the end of the three months, before she went back to Russia... These are just weird coincidences, but anyways... Elena was born on July 31st, which is my mother's birthday. So she was mm-hmm. born on the same day as my mother. Wow. But she was also slated to fly out of America on September 29th, which is my birthday. Mm-hmm. So she's leaving America on my birthday. Mm-hmm. So I knew I had a three-month gap. And I had some you know, girls I was dating on the side, and I had to basically tell, break it off because I knew all energy had to go into this woman right here. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't do it all the way, she's probably going to go back to Russia. and never see her again. So I put all my energy there, broke it off with the other girls. And then for the next three months, every time they had a free break, I took them on a trip down to Florida and even mm-hmm. over here to the uh uh-huh. That actually... was the
3: first trip. That was actually the first trip. It was to Okie We went... Uh on a boat, you had that motor boat and mm-hmm. I was terrified. I was there and there was all those alligators and mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my God, well, what, do you, what what are you doing? Why did you bring me here? You know, that was, I mean, I liked it, but I was really terrified. Yeah. <laughs> Mosquitoes,
5: and alligators. He's not
0: I a remember, big fan of going in and canoes the first,
3: or
2: boats, but me now.
3: Those were the first pictures that we shared mm. in Finoki on the boat. And back then, you know, it was 2004, so, I emailed the pictures, I think, to my parents and they were like, Oh, this is just so beautiful, so amazing. This mm-hmm. and my mom was like, Oh my god, Gators, what are you doing there? <laughs> so uh... The spiders
2: I think were even worse. Some of those spiders, mm-hmm. we like, you know, took the boat way out there in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And uh some of those spider webs just You have a boat guide. Yeah. No, we did it I I did it, you know, we oh, went on really? the Folkestone okay. exit. Yeah, uh, we went in the Folkestone, yeah. And uh, I'd done it a few times before. Yeah, it was like a canoe. No, that Those was a motorized boat. Motorized? With a, you know, the, uh, and get like six or seven of us was in there. Oh, okay. And, uh, we just took it down the Did you main spend route. the night? No, we didn't, okay. buddy. It They've was getting dark on the way back. Throughout
1: yeah. the swamp, you can cross from east to west and, uh, stop off at night on these platforms that are built above the water. Yeah and you pitch a tent right on top of the wooden platform, you know.
2: That's where we saw some of those big spiders, actually. (laughs) That's why I was like "Uh." Snakes But then uh, that whole summer, like, we did trips down to St. Augustine, went up to to Charleston, went to Savannah. Every other week, some people were off. I tried to get as many of them in the car as possible and take Elena with me on the trip. (laughs) But this is where I was saying it gets a little metaphysically strange, right? (laughs) Right before she's about to go back to Russia... Um, it was a September fifteenth. I asked her to marry me, and I think I did it in Walmart, didn't I? In the bench in Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> this, I'm not <laughs> kidding. This that. ring cost three dollars, <laughs> yeah. and then her ring we got in the children's section because it wouldn't couldn't get a ring to fit her hand for seventeen.
6: No, bucks. she
3: told me. She said we can fit the diamond ring. You know, make it smaller because I have small fingers. And she said we, we can we can fit it. It'll be ready in three weeks. And I said in three weeks I'll be getting killed by my current fiance <laughs> in Russia. <laughs> she thought it was a joke. So I was like, let's get this. And, you know, but then but, we well, did, yeah, Chris. Well, sold. this is
2: the weird part is that that I had a condo on St. Simon's that I'd been paying for. So when it was before everyone kind of got into the real estate thing, and I just kind of, you know, a mother's a real estate agent. So she told me, she's like, you should buy something because you got all this money, you're waiting tables at Sea Island. Don't keep paying rent, you know, that kind of thing. So I was like, all right, all right, I'll just go ahead and buy something. So I don't know if you know Lincoln Place. They used to call it Drinking Place Mm -hmm. on St. Simons. Mm -hmm. Well, I got a a condo there, Uh and I was just living, having a good time, you know, waiting tables and partying. And then uh, a real estate agent came and knocked on my door. This was a strange thing that happened that summer because every time we were going on a trip down to Florida in 2004, there was those hurricanes. There was Hurricane Charlie, Mm -hmm. Hurricane Hurricane Mm -hmm. Francis, and then Hurricane Ivan hit Gulf Shores. And we were going to go to Gulf Shores where my brother lives to visit him when that one hit, which just devastated it, right? Mm. But anyways, because of all that, this real estate agent's knocking on my door like a day after I just proposed to her, and she's saying to me, like, you know, I checked it out, and there's, like, only five private owners in here. The rest are owned by a local real estate company. Would you be interested in selling yours because I have a buyer. He wants to diversify. Because his all of his holdings down in Florida are getting whacked by the hurricanes, yeah. and I'm like, I said, well, I could consider. I said, how much did the last one sell for in here? And basically, they said, uh, um, she said like 160, and I'd already had it paid down to like 90. And then basically, when uh, she turned. Then she said, I said to her, well, you you can have this one for 170 as it is. You can keep everything in it. I said, mm-hmm. except for my music equipment, <laughs> I'm just gonna take that with me. Mm-hmm. I said, but otherwise. All yours if you want it and I'm not kidding. showed up the next day um, had a meeting. my mom helped get the lawyers together. next thing you know got a check total like got 80,000 bucks. I was a broadcast musician traveled all over the place. never had any money. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden I got a chunk of change mm-hmm. and I got a new mm-hmm. Russian wife
3: mm-hmm. and then
2: she's flying back on my birthday. she goes back for a full year.
3: Because even and though we... I have to do the paperwork. The, we, well, right, we yeah. got married. There was, there was a few reasons. I had one year left in college, one year left. And then I couldn't... I had to look my parents in the eye. I had to, I had to look my fiance in the eye and explain mm-hmm. to him, even though I did, that it couldn't. I just couldn't stay. It seemed that I would have been... And you still had to wait on the process of yeah. the green card. Like you couldn't drive or process, work or do anything. I didn't want it to mess It, it just up, didn't you feel know? right. So, but... Uh, the way it works with immigration, if you go back, you have to wait until the green card process comes through. You can't even visit mm-hmm. America on a oh, no. on a non immigrant visa. Right. So it took a year.
2: It took a year, but, but you were just engaged.
0: Year, you didn't get married.
2: We did get no, we married. We did get married. get married before you went back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. it still but took a year. And we really didn't know the ins and outs of the you know the paperwork, this stuff, the mm-hmm. bureaucratic stuff. But
1: all you knew was that y'all weren't gonna see each other for a year. Well, this is where Uh I was
2: going with this, is that Uh part two, the next book is called A Year in the Sky. Uh And in that year, because now I had Uh $80,000 plus an extra 20 grand from all the money I'd earned. So basically I had all this money I'd never had before. And the two of us, I told her, I said, I'm going to meet you in different countries during this whole process. So the Uh second book is called A Year in the Sky because we went to eight different countries. Every two months we were in a different country. Uh And during this time too, I took about 20 grand and put it into a house that, that was built in Brunswick for us. So when she came to America, exactly a year later, moved into a brand new house with me, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, like, but basically that year, that year in the sky. First, I had to go to Russia to meet her parents, who mm-hmm. tentatively wanted that to kill interesting. me. interesting. Weird stories on another level. <laughs> <laughs> but Then after that one, three months later, we're in Prague, and it's ice cold in the winter, like blue winter, blue mm-hmm. river frozen and everything. But amazing Charles Bridge and everything, and then. Two months after that, we're in Cyprus, and I was into rally racing, so mm-hmm. we went on the World Rally race course and all this crazy Scratched stuff Scratched up happened. our rental
3: car. <laughs> it's <laughs> all in the book, so the exactly. book's actually pretty interesting. <laughs> wow. The second
2: is really interesting because it's mostly traveling. And then right after that, went back to Russia again two months later for the summer and had a real party and good time there. And then two months after that, we're in Spain and France mm. and went all around the whole uh, Salvador Dali you know, all the painters, mm-hmm. Picasso, mm-hmm. Miro, uh, Gaudi. Toast, yeah. We just did this like painter tour and then saw Carcassonne. We were doing all this kind of weird stuff. <laughs> we were following the Da Vinci Code at one yes, point. Yes, so I was reading, I was reading yeah. the Da
3: Vinci Code. That was the year. Yeah.
2: Yes. And then after that, we were in England at the end and met my grandmother. And a weird coincidence was we saw my grandmother who hadn't seen us in, hadn't seen me even in like 10 years. Mm-hmm. And she was in an old folks' home. And then she got to meet Elena, and I'm not kidding. Died three months later. Oh. So it was really kind of like everything seemed almost like poetically just mm-hmm. flowed, kept flowing together. And then you know after that, she's wrote a third book called "It's All About Love," which has to do with our third child, mm-hmm. Chloe Valentina, mm-hmm. because Chloe means the actual meaning of Chloe is Earth, mm-hmm. and Valentina is love. So mm-hmm. it's about Earth love. So we have cool. the ocean, the sky, <laughs> and Earth love. Yes, there a twin and fire. total, total hippie <laughs> yes, yeah, mindset. <laughs> so yes, but, you know, so yes, It so is,
1: like River Phoenix. And, yes, yeah. uh, Chris did want to call Liam River. I yes, actually thought that river at one point. Yes, yeah. yes, he yeah. did. Yes, I
3: remember that. So, <laughs> yeah,
1: but it's a kind man, of weird. Story. y'all just kind of... That's, yeah. G- you, yeah, we that's can, fantastic. We <laughs> threw it at wow.
2: fast. Because yeah. one that's thing that's kind of gone on with us is like we always have these weird coincidences happen, right? And this goes into... the and you guys were talking about you do the deep dives, uh-huh. but the nature of reality stuff when you start to really delve into it, which in my mind, and this is I didn't tell you my band name is called Mental Pictures, Mm-mm. cool. Because the idea is that reality is actually all in your mind, mm-hmm. <laughs> and this goes back to like the ancient Egyptians. Yeah esoteric mr and you only had one glass of wine strange <laughs> stuff right this is all assimilation
3: yes, uh, technically it's
2: like yes. a simulation pour, yeah, pour him another we're one. we're all in and it just, together right.
1: and pour him another one we'll, pour go, another drink. Drink. we'll yeah. go to the deep <laughs> yes,
2: uh, we've yeah. already been to uh, <laughs> i can't, can't
1: say it yes. <laughs> <laughs> we've already been to the cowboy bunkhouse. yeah that's <laughs> it once you enter the You're cowboy bunkhouse, it's all over <laughs> <laughs> the world as you know it is no more
3: that was the wormhole <laughs> it's just
1: a fragment of your imagination so, yeah. Figment. And yeah. figment yeah figment a
3: fragment i think both work yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Fig
2: Newton. but with a lot yeah. of that i was going to say too like coincidence wise like we just had so much weirdness happening on the journey after we met each other that for me like i was like okay this is how it's supposed to go you know what i mean and you probably know this you know as a songwriter as a musician it's both you guys is that you know when you're pursuing that musical path and you're on the journey. And mm-hmm. you're you feel like you know it, or you can. You're the only one that really can feel it at that time, or you sense it. You just know mm-hmm. there's something there, but you can't really. You know, even now, you can't really explain it but you can feel it. Mm. And sometimes, like I used to have a Dalmatian, Texas Elvis was his name. <laughs> Texas but Elvis. He, he kind of proved it to me because like, I've you know how it goes, you're like making a song, you're in the moment, you're vibing, yeah. and you mm-hmm. feel like, oh, you can feel it. You get that shot down mm-hmm. your spine. And it's mm-hmm. like you feel like you're all opening up. Mm-hmm. And the dog would text with people like right up me, and he's like going, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> He was getting it when I was getting it. And I started to notice the pattern. Yeah. And I'm like, man, it's like everything feels vibrational right now. And like, mm-hmm. he really feels the vibe. So
3: now we have the dog that comes yeah. and pees on your guitar. Yeah. So My
2: brother's it? dog we adopted. He just pissed on that brand new
3: Martin. <laughs> 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 like, just to show it, it was done on yeah. purpose. I'm it's, just going to say The universe it. kicking <laughs> your ass. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so, yeah. I like the
1: fact that y'all name children and dogs two names, not no. just one. It's like, oh yeah, Texas Elvis. Yeah,
3: yeah. well, uh, trouble is so uh, trouble is our dog now, mm-hmm. so he's. We adopted him from Chris's. We should have brought a
2: picture of trouble. Chris's
3: brother, but yeah. his second name is Bowie because, like David Bowie, he has mm-hmm. two colored eyes. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yes, yeah. so. Um, we looked, we looked up how
2: rare it is, like a million to one. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's more yeah. than that. Yeah. And it's strange because yeah. he's, I mean, they're definitely two seriously different mm-hmm. colors. What part are. of England? Well, I'm originally from London, mm-hmm. but my family moved to America when I was just seven years old. And mm-hmm. so I've been in America most of my life, and I kind of consider myself like a Southern guy. Mm-hmm. Where'd y'all and, move? Oh, two, two St. Simons. Yeah, but the story there is that, and this is why it's kind of cool to be doing this interview with mm-hmm. you guys, is that um, my one American uncle is the reason I'm in America, and all these English. There's over a hundred of us here now huh. that were brought here indirectly because of him, directly or indirectly. But he was in the U.S. Air Force. He was a master sergeant. He was in charge of a mess hall in London in the 1950s. Wow. He was from Thomasville, Georgia. Okay. He died of throat cancer Mm -hmm. in the 1980s from chewing red man tobacco. He spent most of his life here in Waycross. Mm -hmm. But anyways, in the 19. when I was growing up in the nineteen seventies and eighties, he would take us fishing down the North End to Sea Island a lot. Back then, it was a wide open where you could get the gate key and go down the North End. Now
3: it's Ocean Forest. He took to me, yeah.
2: yeah, he took me sailing and things like this. But he um, was the reason we all come to America. So there's all these English, and we all moved into Kings Terrace in on the on Saint Simons. And then in the nineteen eighties, my parents built an English pub called the Horse's Head Pub, cool. and it was a popular. It was actually a very big live band venue. I think I've heard that. It was the mm. Horse's Head. They yeah. had a lot of bands that were coming through. Circuit-wise, um, I think the main promoter was operating out of Orlando, but they were on the circuit. Mm. And the bands that would come through would be medium to high-level bands, like bands like Missing Persons, cool. Huey Lewis and the News. <laughs> uh, there was a band from Atlanta called The Idols. used to play there all the time. And then my older brother, Stephen, he became – he was a bartender at the pub, but he ended up becoming the lead singer for a band called Caruso that played on St. Simons. And from what I understand, they were the only band to ever sell out the Aquarama mm-hmm. at Jekyll <laughs> Island yeah. back in the 1980s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is back in the days of the end of New, middle of New Wave, before mm-hmm. the heavy metal big hair phase. But anyways, they played all these kind of like, they played Lover Boy songs mm-hmm. and Bon Jovi Um Auto Nova, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, they'd even go into stuff like Adam and the Ants, (laughs) weirdness like this. Flock of Seagulls. Mm -hmm. So it was that kind of thing, and all the English were in the in the Horse's Head Pub, and having like basically like just a big English party Uh, on St. Simon's Island. But then the scene shifted down to the pier, and you had uh, bars like Brogan's and Murphy's Mm -hmm. and Coconut Willies, and then. Coconut island Rock eventually. or Before that was like Dancing Danny's and a few other ones. Rafters. But all these, mm-hmm. yeah, rafters. Um
1: so Rafters came a little later, you know, I think, because the pub had already South closed. South Georgia Land and Lumber Company. Georgia Land and Georgia Lumber Land.
2: was actually still going when the pub was going. Yeah. But like, uh, so the scene shifted on my parents, and the pub went under. The middle of the island weren't the place to be anymore. It was down the pier. Mm-hmm. and So people all were going down there. When the pub closed up, you know, my parents packed it in. They left the island. And then myself, I was in the Marines from 85 through 88. So I was in the Marines for that period of time. So I didn't see a lot of this. I left and went in the military. And when I got out of the military, that's when I started playing music. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have friends in common, like I think Mark Andrus plays yeah. with mm-hmm. you guys. And uh, I'm pretty sure... That I sold Mark his first ever guitar. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> not a hundred percent sure <laughs> on it, but yeah. I know he bought the guitar off me. Yeah. That when he just had started, it might not have been his first one, but I'm pretty sure it was his first one. Mm-hmm. But we were all living with over on Olive Way on St. Simons and Griffin from Southern Soul, mm-hmm. and all those guys had this group of friends that were all from out of state, and they all moved into this, you know, these little. Uh, Apartments there, and then there was a cool little place called the Tiki Bar where we were all living and playing music. <laughs> so I used to play music with Griffin back in like 89 after I got in the Marines. And I lived with Griffin's brother, Robbie. And so I was doing that, then I worked at Sea Island, but then I left, went to England, and I, you know, after England fell apart, played street music there, come back, worked for another six months at <laughs> the cloister, it's a went to story. Montreal three years, I I street music. You started
3: talking about Uncle Millard though.
2: I know. I guess so. You, you start telling this what stuff. What was his last name? Miller Jordan.
1: Miller Jordan. Mm-hmm. He yeah. lived
2: here. He lived in here Waycross. in Waycross and Thomasville. Also, Phil. the commissioner. He was a Glynn County commissioner in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. Okay. Miller. I probably can't mm-hmm. talk too much about it because oh. I think he was involved in some kind of scandal.
5: i still Not hundred percent sure
2: yeah. of that in any of my relatives. Ended up to this. <laughs> I just, it's a hearsay type thing, but like, um, <laughs> he was a cool guy. Told us how to fish. <laughs> told us how to like cut and up songs. fish.
3: You're talking about the song.
2: Oh, this is where this is going.
3: Yes, I knew he, where <laughs> he was going. I'm like redirect. Yeah. <laughs> but basically.
2: Uh, he used to listen to Jimmy Walker Swamp Country all the time, and he had the album. And I was a little kid, and my parents were into like Elvis and Roy Orbison mm. and the Beatles, you know, and Engelbert Humperdinck stuff like this. <laughs> and back the then it was the eight-track tapes, you know. And I was a kid, and I'm just listening to these eight tracks, and you know, I was just that was where I was getting my music growing up. But Jimmy Walker. We also had the, the the albums, but Jimmy Walker was constantly played by my parents, so I thought he about was as that. big as Elvis. <laughs> you know, and for people that don't know, he was a uh, Okefenokee Swamp Park Ranger oh. mm-hmm. who made an amazing album. <laughs> well, he was, really... he was
1: very close friends with Chet Atkins, and Chet wrote the liner notes for that Swamp Country album. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I had the same okay. vibe, you know, when I was growing up right here, you know, I was about eight. Nine years old when his forty-five came out was played on all the radio stations. Called Obadiah, King of the one. <laughs> <this> one. Oh, <laughs> hell of a <laughs> man, King of the swamp. Killed mm-hmm. a bear with his hands. <laughs> and uh, we we thought the same thing. We said, "Wow, Jimmy Walker's big time." <laughs> well, then he was. I, I mean, was talking he, to
2: Josh about this earlier. There's a certain sound that I call it the Sun Records sound. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like yeah. this is this golden silkiness. It's an analog, just beautiful reverb vibe, Mm -hmm. and it was on that record. Mm -hmm. And when you listen to it, it's like, it's a classic. There's no doubt about it. it. You're Mm -hmm. like, wow. And all the songs were so pretty.
1: And Miller was uh, friends with Jimmy.
2: Say it again. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <Yeah>, I <laughs> yeah. Oh, he didn't know. We him. got no, South no, no. Georgia. He, yeah. he, know, no, he, he, he just <laughs>
0: introduced him to. The yeah, movie. he just turned me he on just him. He you to music. He may have, have
2: known him. Fingers. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. if He knew him.
1: Yeah, well, being the head guy out of the swamp too, you know, the head, macho out there. Yeah. Uh. Um, <laughs> that's interesting.
2: Isn't it? weird? <laughs> because you know, I mean, I was, just a, I was a little kid, and yeah, guys, and you know, myself, I was listening. You know, like Boston, Queen, yeah. Cars, this kind you know, of Chris stuff. Chris has
3: always right? had this fascination with the with like the first the first road trip you took as on wasn't Waycross and ok- mm-hmm. I mean and finoki and it's always been like the southern. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're strange. You're like not from here, <laughs> but you are yeah, from here.
1: I found that, so. that to be true with a lot of Europeans and especially uh, Brit British, is that the uh, the southern ethic, the southern right. The whole vibe down here, you know, music especially, is well, embraced by a lot of uh, Europeans.
2: Well, I can tell you, I've had hundreds of people I've known from England come mm-hmm. to visit, and every one of them always falls in love with it. Mm-hmm. And that's what's you know, like so many people, especially like, don't say like the North South divide, but a lot of people put down the South, mm-hmm. and like I'm, just, I'm always going to myself like. Doesn't make any sense because some of the coolest people, some of the yeah. best writers mm-hmm. and creative people I've ever met are from the South. It's just mm-hmm. the stereotype you know? of everything that yeah, it fits maybe a certain narrative, <laughs> but it doesn't fit reality when you're in it. Right,
3: and it uh, also it's kind of a it takes a, a bigger you're talking about bigger picture but whether it's Elvis or Roy Orbison or you thought he was famous, but what does being famous really mean, you know, like you as a kid thought of him, he was famous so, because he was good, so mm-hmm. it's just objectively mm-hmm. good, so what does it really mean, and the, you know the same about <clears throat> the South what's true, on, you know, what's mm-hmm. considered to be um, right or wrong, whether you're educated or you know, more about conservative family principles and stuff, I think the simplicity sometimes and staying true to our roots
5: mm-hmm.
3: And to the family and true to who you really are in the basic, simple terms is really what it is all about. No matter where you're from. Just
2: remember... That's coming from one of Putin's lead <laughs> agents, <laughs> Nikita. Nikita. One, of the, one of the worst honey traps you've ever experienced <laughs> in America. Thanks. Well, I, I got caught in
1: it. And I was the know? next book honey trap. I tra- wouldn't say the worst.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: one of the best honey traps yeah, I know. inside I of the Mason Dixon line.
1: Well, it's like we were talking earlier. You know, it's it's not rocket science. If we were all just wake up all of us just wake up every day and just say I'm going to be the best person I can be. I'm going right. to be good to everybody. And <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to try to do good and uh it's just love. You right. know, it's all about love in the denominator. It is in the, yeah, the energy. And everybody's got it right here. Yeah.
2: No matter what kind of this is where we're at these days like the mo- no matter what kind of energy you may be getting from a screen or from, you know, Facebook telling you to react yeah, or they just... want you emotionally <laughs> triggered because mm-hmm. they need you on that divide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when you start to see that and you go beyond that energy-wise, yeah. you start to recognize it really is about love. <laughs> and love <laughs> is the highest frequency energy it's very strange it i've been getting into somatics. have you heard about this mm-hmm. cymatics mm-hmm. with the the plates mm-hmm. the shibaldi plates and they vibrate at a certain frequency and they'll make a pattern yes mm-hmm. okay so mm-hmm. you get into these when you start looking at this and especially like chosh could probably relate to this mm. with the sound Oh, it's Justin. Sorry, man. <laughs> you That's can whack game. me in the head in a little while. It's He's been game. called
5: worse. Sorry, I'm Justin. By, by me. We,
2: we can't never remember him. Okay. We just call him Big Big J. <laughs> you got to realize, I just got back from Uncle Dave's Bunkhouse. <laughs> 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 He's been drinking that I'm a, one drop of hour. One <laughs> more, baby. You want more? There goes. No, anyway, red. about the yeah, frequency I'm thing red. and the vibration yeah. thing, you know, when you look at the musical spectrum, right, and the frequencies we'll on the high round. end and low end, and you're doing sound, you <laughs> start you. to look at like, you know, you start to pay attention mm-hmm. more to frequency. I think mm-hmm. if you're an audio guy, right, because you're looking at like where certain aspects of the kick drum might be or the bass Mm -hmm. or the vocal needs to be up in this range between whatever two and five k whatever so you're starting to look at frequency more that's kind of what happened to me and when i started really realizing like there really is a frequency to the way that we communicate and the way that we act and feel and the animals are all part of this too the whole Mm -hmm.
0: everything's on on frequencies yeah Uh, Mm -hmm. i don't know much about it but i've been seeing little bits
1: in podcasts and stuff about that and it's 440 intriguing the
2: 440 432 debate, yeah that yeah, thing yeah something
1: uh, about that i read one time that the nazis were doing with the the frequencies i right. can't remember I can't. enough about it to
3: that the then we are still on. isn't it? i've, I've experimented
2: with a little bit because i've tried to do what, tunings. Was that? Huh? what say it again what what hurts was that uh. Well, it's 4:32, hertz. 432. But there is like, in this case like you, the out there stuff mm-hmm. as far as like the chakras and different frequencies when you what they call the um, Fibonacci sequence, yeah. the golden mean, mm-hmm. also called, um, there's another term for it, um, the sulfacio frequencies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But basically it goes back to what the basically it, weird it gets weird in esoteric mysticism it has to do with Kabbalahism. And Mm -hmm. they kind of understood that everything was energy, frequency, vibration, like Tesla said. Mm -hmm. And because of that, they, and this even could go into, like, conspiratorial stuff today. It's like, do the people that run the world actually understand that we're energetic beings and that they're controlling our emotions? And that's why keeping us divided and conquered low Uh, vibration frequency... Watching shit on Netflix. Mm. Right. Dumbing watching, us down and dividing us. I feel like a picture
3: you. with the music you told me before, and that kind of made sense to me. I don't get too much into conspiracy, but that made sense to me. With the Nazis, that they changed something in the frequency that the popular music we're listening to is actually in the bad frequency.
2: Or oh, it's a disharmony. So it's not as disharmony harmonious. harmonious. So, yeah. so, it's, so that's
3: why when you hear music, like I told you, mm-hmm. like Pine Box, well, it's the raw, real sound. When you hear real music, it stands out because mm-hmm. it's real because it well. doesn't have. So and it's strange because pop music doesn't really sound necessarily depressing you know it sounds like people want to hear it not like you know
2: but it's it's the frequency frequency. because i some songs i've tried writing in 432 Mm -hmm. i just lower it down a little bit and you know but i feel like when i do it that it doesn't have the same vibe actually the other way whereas maybe that's because i'm too comfortable i'm not sure you know Mm -hmm. you get used to how you write and stuff like i heard
0: imagine was written
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Four thirty two? But everything <laughs> before yeah. nineteen thirty or so, but, you know, and this actually goes like conspiratorially goes into the Rockefellers too, because they're the ones <laughs> that were pushing it after the Nazis pushed it first. And so it was actually well it was the Germans pushing it first and then it got changed by like the recording industry association mm-hmm. in the nineteen forties, mm-hmm. right around the end of World War II. Yeah.
1: That's when four forty came about.
0: That's when they
2: went the full 440 across. I, the scale. I didn't realize
0: it was that recent. In yeah. in reading some of that stuff, I couldn't decide whether if if what they were saying it because what I the particular one I was reading it seemed a little pushed, right? To believe it, and yeah. I was like, is it?
3: Yeah, sometimes it's hard to tell because when yeah, so, uh, somebody has so already some an opinion. conspiracy
2: thing. Yeah. I kind of feel like we should pull the conspiracy back in the head towards the belly dance. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. Uh, we'll take conspiracy uh, for uh, your deep you, ends. That's another thing. Vibrationally, even if you talk about it, you kind of sink into yeah, a lower vibration this. frequency. Yeah. So you're in a cage 22 because when you discuss it. All I know it, is belly dancing
1: makes me feel good.
0: No, yeah, there, belly dancing good.
3: makes everybody feel <laughs> good.
1: Well, matter is all.
0: Molecules and atoms mm-hmm. vibrating at different, uh, yeah.
3: Well, it yeah. is actually interesting. But speaking Everything of is belly yeah. dancing, Even you. everything's Even alive.
2: You. <laughs> well, this there was a woman we were in an oyster roast like a week ago, and this old, old lady, she huh? must be like about 85, mm-hmm. and we started having this conversation. And she actually says to me, She goes, so, is the consciousness in the matter, or is the matter in the consciousness? <laughs> You're and like, I'm "What like, oysters? Wow, let me these have, have another oyster. I'll get back you." <laughs> so, in other words, this is what I do with my band because I call it mental pictures. But the yeah. idea is, you got that, a band right now? Well, it's just me in the garage at the moment. <laughs> All right. I, like most people, COVID destroyed everything. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Made but, me rich. <laughs> <laughs> but, this what, but basically if the five senses or your, our senses are our human body mm-hmm. is basically just basically like a high tech computer or we are in a simulation mm-hmm. so to speak then in a sense the consciousness came first and then the matter or the weight of your thoughts is the provides the density okay. In other words, so in other words, it gets pretty complex. No, we'll of course, just
3: get to the, the, we're all one, and everything is a simulation. Right, <laughs> we're all one. That's no, right. So, so, well,
2: the problem is we're busy beating the it. shit out yeah.
1: of each other. Yeah. this is great. This is great. We've never we've never wound down this road at, at, at I'm a, sure a, a sure something you in the water podcast. But there's like something it. in the matter too. Yeah. Well, you should
5: it's see our, like, nice. you know
2: how people have their little YouTube channels at home and you can tell kind of like what someone's watched, you know? Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Well, you look at ours and it's like, okay, they're fucking nuts. YouTube
3: <laughs> <laughs> history. We have like you know nature of reality stuff transcendental meditation we sleep
2: to the frequencies so like it could by the way yesterday
3: I came out he fell asleep on the couch and he had like it looked like the mothership was going to come and take you not in a good way it felt like mom I had to turn that one off
1: yeah sometimes I do that uh, (laughs) well let's get back to Russia for a minute you know we do have a lot in common with Russia uh, you've got a Georgia over there
3: we do have Georgia yes well well, and we had talked a little bit about this that it that, um, especially where I'm from, Russia does have a lot of more, I guess, conservative family oriented views mm-hmm. on things in general, right. I would say. And, uh, once again, if you're putting it's not a really stereotype it's just i'm talking about most people in general and uh that family oriented stuff like i'll talk to somebody from the south and they'll be like oh yes we're also making pies and canning everything i'm like mm-hmm. yes my uh, you know we have to can mm-hmm. this is like the thing that you do we, it's not necessarily something you can relate to people from different parts in the united states i think it's very family oriented mm-hmm. and i think that's why i feel
1: so at home, i dear. feel
3: so at home. like mm-hmm. i don't but a lot of
2: the women in the belly dance, you know, they, they what share is your stuff re- with uh, just like the, that. the place that you're
1: from, what was it? Ver- Ver- Veronish. Veronish. What yeah. is it like? Uh, um,
3: uh, it's a, uh, it's a, so it's a... Tell uh, the
1: story of
2: Peter the
3: Great. Yes. It's so it's, a, it's very flat. It's very famous. It's called, it's the capital of the black soil region, first of all. It's the most fertile Land one of the most fertile lands in the world. Everything grows in mm-hmm. it. You just throw the seed and it grows. Wow. And uh, the uh, it's famous for. So Peter the Great, who you know, Leningrad, Saint Petersburg, mm-hmm. is a was really famous Russian emperor and czar. Very crazy too. So he decided he was really into Holland. He really loved Holland. He loved, loved sheep. Uh, lab, ships <laughs> sheep. not sheep <laughs> ships this
2: is he Russia. Do well at all no, okay. so <laughs> we,
3: Russia was landlocked before that did
1: you that. You have any water like <laughs> lakes and he, all he wanted,
3: we had it's
0: lakes
5: and
3: Peter stuff. the Great so he he wanted the fleet <laughs> he was like Russia's gonna have the fleet so he went to two wars you know he went to the war Up north, and he went to the war down south and got the Black Sea and the Baltic Sea as a result of Mm -hmm. the wars. Then he said, Let's build the fleet. And so for the fleet, um, he, so this is where my city becomes I guess come this is what they call it the the, the city of the bride so the city of the most beautiful women in Russia because Peter the Great in order to attract men to build ships because we have pine trees that's another thing that's a lot like yeah. here right we have pine trees and Burst the trees. Don River that flows into the Black Sea which you they could build ships and put them right straight into mm-hmm. the sea so but he needed to attract men to come to want to build ships so they kidnapped all the most beautiful women from across the Russia. And brought them in the 1700s. To, this is what everybody tells you.
2: This the Russian is, Navy was built there. And yes. that's the city of beautiful women. And I've been there now 10 times, mm. right? And it's like... Can you when, attest to that? I yeah. can attest to it. Yeah. I can tell yeah, you what. Yeah. When you, you sit on the sidewalk um, at a sidewalk cafe, uh, like you would do in Paris or any other city, but it's actually quite a developed city. It's a bit like mm-hmm. Prague, I think. But when you sit on the sidewalk, it is like watching... A Victoria's, <laughs> uh, what's the Victoria's Secret? Uh. Right, it's like watching all the beautiful models of that coming down this runway in their outfits. <laughs> it's just like you just mind is blown as a guy yeah. i'm just like unbelievable how many beautiful women are make just you want to build the a ship it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It does make you want to build a ship
0: <laughs> next thing you know you had a hammer and
2: you said friggin' you're over there i mean i'm not kidding when we went for our our wedding in russia cuz we just did a Y'all quick we got married in russia we got married here in with Brunswick. a 35 dollar oh, right. probate court certificate <laughs> and the horny judge right. <laughs>
5: Yeah, okay,
3: judge, you have the
2: judge made a bad cunning linguist joke because, uh, he, no. because she's a linguist. Uh, He's like, oh, I knew a cunning linguist. I thought we were But anyways, like we went to right. Russia, and in Russia, like when we get there, she's like, yeah, we'll have the like a wedding party. You have to carry me across the bridge because you have to uh, carry the bride across a, the bridge. This is a tradition. Not, across the bridge. The, the right. tradition Ooh. is
3: actually that the groom carries the bride over seven bridges. I don't know where this came from. Yeah, but I only did one. It's the dedication. <laughs> and so in Varanish we have this small bridge uh, uh, and it's this little, cute little old bridge. And men use this that's bridge. The yeah, that's bridge. the one because they're like, mm-hmm. oh, it's super, like it's four steps, literally. Like, oh, okay, here you go. And then you break, like, so you carry the bride of the bridge, then all your friends are there, and then you drink champagne and your friends drink champagne, then you kiss for like eternity, and then you. Break the glasses. And Ooh. I don't know who cleans it up. I, yeah. I, I think it was, but, was all there when so, that there so, no
5: I was so. it up.
2: <laughs> But we, when this is what I'm going with this is that basically we got a nightclub. And, you know, once again, I had all that money, right? Mm. <laughs> not not these days, but back then. <laughs> but, anyways, like, that was uh, a long time ago. I was thinking it was going to cost a lot to have this Russian wedding. But instead, it was like me, Elena, 16 of her beautiful friends. <laughs> All girls, because you know, once again, Russia. Most of the guys got wiped out in World War II, uh, so yeah, nowadays the we, men to yeah, women yeah. ratio is ridiculous. Yeah. So there was only one guy there who was my best man, and he had to be. He was the only fella. <laughs> right? So we, we managed to get in this nightclub. Like had the back of the whole club, giant couches going all the way around. Our own private wait staff. 17 people drinking vodka all night, hors d'oeuvres and food served all night long while we're dancing in this discotheque. Real modern too, real cool club, $250. <laughs> oh, my
5: God. And,
2: and even when I went to go tip, Elena was like, that might be too much because in Russia, they're not used to you giving like 30 or 40 bucks as a mm-hmm. tip, you know? Mm. So I was, it was like, long well, time I don't
3: even just... Well, like, in now probably it is with the, with the exchange rate. Yeah, huh? it was two thousand. You remind me of another tradition, and I forgot, what, and maybe we'll, people will find it interesting, all these wedding traditions, that uh, when you're celebrating, the bride is supposed to be kidnapped during the the celebration Ooh. and the groom is supposed to do something to kind of like in the party get her after. back it's not
2: during the actual but know.
3: but like i think that one comes from because russia has a lot of traditions from like um the, Rasputin getting in there? No, it's the Mongolian. <laughs> it's more like Caucasus mountains. It's more like a more of the Muslim tradition, maybe that the bride gets kidnapped and the groom is supposed to do something. It's like as a joke heroic. to get her back. Okay. So Chris was stripping in front of those sixteen women. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. To okay.
1: strip. that's not
2: very heroic. I was <laughs> yeah. They yeah, asked no. for when, when well you're it. When you're surrounded by seventeen bowls. beautiful women, you just do what you're told. <laughs> you <know? laughs> was that your way to get?
3: back. <laughs> yeah I guess so I didn't think about it yeah.
2: kind of I'm gonna take my clothes off <laughs> another this is a funny story is like because I'd never been to Russia and you know like most of us you just watch the James Bond movies and assume <laughs> that's <laughs> what it's like Dr. but we yeah. get when I get there you know like it's kind of intense to see is like the size and the magnitude of the buildings and the right. giant broad iron fences you know mm. in, in, in Moscow particularly but when I got to Miraage, Everyone's real happy to see us at first. We come in the door. It's one of those buildings that Stalin built. You know, there's ten thousand people living in it. And um, but anyways, like we're up on the eighth floor. It's the middle of winter. It's minus I don't know twenty or so, right? Yeah. And um, her dad's on, there <laughs> with all of his friends. They're all computer engineers. But- oh yeah.
3: By the way, I got to tell you. So Chris is seventeen years older than me. And he's my dad is only five years older than Chris. Oh, okay. So, okay. That he was, was in the Russian big...
2: army in the 80s yeah. training to kill me when I was in the U.S. Marines uh, uh, in the wow. 80s training to kill That's me. Some more of that metaphysical stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. when we get there, when I meet him, he's real cool at first and everyone's real happy. But then it's weird in Russia. All the women seem to migrate to the kitchen and all the men <laughs> go to the other room. Wow. So. I'm left with the men, and everyone's doing the vodka shots, and I'm, you know, I'm not not a real serious drinker, you know. My drinking days were already over that before I had serious drinking days. But anyways, they're doing vodka shots, and I'm trying to eat these potatoes to try to, like, alleviate the alcohol alcohol. consumption. And so I'm eating potatoes as fast as I can to absorb it all so I can manage to get through this but I'm not kidding. Her dad and all those friends, they look like the mafia. I mean, they, he's, her dad looks like Robert De Niro, like a harder looking Robert De Niro. And then all of it. I mean, one guy was called Alex the Ukrainian. He weighed 300 pounds and he's six foot eight, pure muscle. And so we're up there in this building and this eighth floor, frozen winter. And, I, and then I suddenly had this, you know how it goes like we're joking now, but all of a sudden it just kind of hits you. I'm like, Whoa! What if they don't fucking like me? Man? <laughs> yeah. I'm in trouble if they don't like me here because there's my only. Dad cold on the balcony? Well, this is this is to goes. Yeah. Her dad then says to me, like all the guys kind of calm down. I could tell like half the guys are migrating that side of the room, and her dad's over on this side with this couple of friends, and they're kind of chatting. And I'm sitting there going, like, am I gonna throw up? You know? uh, gonna make it through this? And then her dad just kind of goes, "Hey, let's talk." And it was like one of those things, and I'm like. And he steps out on the balcony, Uh and there's just a stone balcony Uh and a 100-foot drop and the frozen snow down there. And when he said this, it just hit me. It was like
4: oh shit
2: I'm in fucking the middle of Russia and I married his daughter and I'm a lot older than her and he wants to talk to me outside and I'm like fucking hell and I actually thought I was like Chris man you you played a lot of games but you might have stepped in some shit here this is this is worse than Uncle Dave's book house. <laughs> So anyway, oh. I step out there with him, and he could speak a little French, and I could. Sp- I took a little French, and I lived in Montreal for a while. So I-
3: yeah, my dad he- couldn't speak English. He of- just oh, leans okay, across okay. to me,
2: okay. and he just goes, "Elena, Moncourt, mm-hmm. and which means she's my heart. Mm-hmm. And I just went. I just looked at him and I, I just, you know, I was just in shock a bit. Like, I'm, 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 he actually looked over the edge before he said it. That's and, uh, He and was I'm,
3: joking. I'm just going to tell but, you, that's my dad's way of joking.
2: Well, he's, <laughs> he was sussing me out. He's feeling me out. And now we're best buddies. I mean, uh, we've had some great yeah. times. But, anyways, like. What uh, was your response? Uh, to my that? response, I just, I just was like, <laughs> Elena Moncourt. Elena, look, I said, Alexander, I said, I love your daughter. I love your daughter. And then he was like, Let's drink. You know, just like you were see in the movies or something. But I came inside and he was telling everyone, he's like,
3: he's okay. He's okay,
2: you know. And so no, then they were one, all, There's one
3: of my dad's friends that he oh, came Oh, yeah, one to. of
2: them did come up to me afterwards. And he leaned in real close and he says, if you ever do anything wrong with Elena, I will come to America and I will find you and I will kill you. And I went... I said, don't worry about it, man. I said, you're good to go. (laughs) I said, message understood. And she heard him leaning into me. And then she's like, what do you say to you? And I was like, I told her. And then she goes, you don't tell my husband this. No, I was just like, that was all like done
3: without my permission. We can tell you like stories, but his banya story. Oh, yeah. It took
2: me to the frozen river. uh, Bani is like, I don't
3: know if you know what Bani is. It's like a sauna, but. It's a, it's a more of a humid version of the sauna and it's hard to, like, I'll, I'll explain it to you because otherwise so it won't place. make sense to you. So if people go to like, it's like a wooden, you like a cabin in the woods, in the woods right? and Okay. and you go in there and it you make it usually in the, in the, in the winter and you make it super hot and <laughs> this is going to get really weird, but they, they use birch tree, they put birch tree twigs together. And you suppose, especially with men, you hit men on the, the back yeah. because it's good for your prostate. It's oh, the we a, do
1: that in the bunkhouse. All the
3: time. <laughs> <laughs> it does
1: sound like you should I have, 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 have a banya my
5: prostate's then. okay for a while, <laughs> okay
1: personally.
3: And then you jump either in the snow or into the frozen river, ah. and then you drink when you do it. It's called banya, and banya. Um, it's like really hardcore Russian tradition. Like I have never done the the the, the, the jumping in the frozen river part. Like, there's more civilized versions now, like a sauna. You go in the sauna, you jump in the swimming pool. But, like, of course, my cousins, I don't have brothers or sisters, I'm an only child, but I, my cousins, they got all, like, super excited when found out I married an American. They were like, ooh, let's show an American, you know, our banya. Let's all go to banya. So they organized mm-hmm. this, and we all go... And Chris will tell. He has a funnier perspective. Okay. <laughs> here's how it starts off. We
2: get there, cabin in the middle of the woods, you know, like a horror movie. <laughs> but initially, like everyone, the girls start stripping down to the bikinis, yeah. and there's like six or seven really beautiful women. Once again, stripping down to bikinis, and the guys, you know, they get their little euro. You know those briefs they wear looks <laughs> like <laughs> a <laughs> pair of pennies. But anyways, they're all like, "Come on, it's okay." And they give me a sweat hat. They put this hat on because it gets so hot. You, it's moist. If you don't wear it, your hair could actually fall out. Wow. In, the yeah. in the sauna. So they give me this wet hat, and then we get in there, and I'd eaten a lot of potatoes once again, <laughs> knowing that the vodka was going to hit my ass. So they always have lots of boiled potatoes. So I just like sucking them down because trying to absorb that vodka. So they want you to drink with them all the time, right? But they, it's not like what they tell you in America as far as the vodka thing with Russians. It's actually much more of a, like, food ritual, like... You do a shot and everyone eats some food, like it'd be some you raw fish it with something. or a raw it's vegetable raw or fruit.
3: Fish. It's 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 a, it's pickled fish. Pickled, yeah, pickled herring. Everything is pickled.
2: Or some caviar or something like this, but a pickle. You'll, you'll eat it after a shot. You never do a shot on its own. You always do it mm. with food mm. and usually around the table and everyone drinks together and you make a toast and it's usually to someone who's passed on already, mm. right? So it's kind of cool to me. I liked mm. it. Mm-hmm. But anyways... um. I sucked down all these bloody potatoes, went in there, and all the girls are all in there in the bikinis mm-hmm. and there's the guys over there and they're like, come on, American, lay down, uh, here. So they lay me down. Yeah. They start whack, whacking me with the birch tree. And Chris
3: tree. is like, what's happening? And it's not,
2: it's not like How a regular, like- <laughs> it's not like a light little tree thing. It's, <laughs> like, it's got barbs in it. You know? And I'm getting whacked on the back. I'm like, fuck
3: uh,
5: hell, man. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and, uh, so that, that's happening, but I was willing to put up with it because the girls were so hot. <laughs> she, she didn't want to go, by the way. She didn't get in there. She's like, I don't want to do it. So I was like, okay. Went in there with them. That was the first time I went in. And when I come out the door and it's hot in there, you know, like 120 some mm. odd, 30 degrees, whatever. I come out, they hit me with a full uh, from behind without me realizing full um, cooler like ice water from the river. And oh. when it hits you, it's just like, bam. I mean, and, you know, I did some crazy shit the Marines, mm. but it was that kind of feeling mm. of like whoa, like adrenaline surge beyond belief. And so they hit me with that, and I'm just like, whoa, you know, and I was drunk. So then the next thing you know, we're back in there doing more shots, and then they're like, let's go again. And when I go back again, it's like only half the girls, like three of them now, uh-huh. and just three guys uh-huh. instead of six. And so I'm in there, and they're like whacking me again, and I'm like going, and I'm thinking they probably wouldn't do that again. I step outside. Here comes the fucking massive uh-huh. ice bucket over my back. And I'm like, ah. So I'm just going with it because I was just feeling crazy. At that point, you got so drunk. But then we are going there a third time. Yeah. This time, there ain't no girls. There's one guy. He's <laughs> naked. He's fucking that that naked. That oh. like and he's holding the branch. Oh. And I just looked at him. I said, no. I said, this ain't going on. I said, this ain't no Uncle Dave's.
1: <laughs> Bug house. <laughs> Is there any way we can get Alex, Ukrainian, to come over?
5: <laughs> I sure. I want to
2: have him on here. It gets a little stranger, too. I come outside, no time. They don't throw in a bucket on me this time, but they're all there screaming, to the river, <laughs> to the river. So they run through the woods, half of them naked. The guys are mostly naked. The girls are in their bikinis. They're running through this dark woods at night, up to this river. It's the Voronish River. It's as big as the Brunswick River. It's as wide as the Brunswick River there, right? Under the big bridge. It's that wide. Wow. And it's frozen. Mm-hmm. It's completely frozen, right? And they run out there, and there's a hold cut out of the side of it, about 15 feet across on both sides. They'd already had it cut. Don't still listen me, please. Uh, sorry, darling. Okay. <laughs> but then, uh, <laughs> but then uh, they start jumping in, and so I'm so wasted, I jump in like a nut job. And this is like, you know, they tell you, like, you know, never dive under the ice. I was so wasted. There was a thought at no. that <laughs> moment that I would fuck with them. And hide for a second, you know, because I was going to prove that I was crazier than they were. And I'm not kidding. It was in my mind. I remember thinking it and I thought to myself like, this is crazy. We're in this fucking frozen river. and i just got my ass kicked, but I feel amazing. You know, it was really weird. But anyways, the next day, woke up the next day. And the only thing I compare it to is like when I was in the Marines and we would do like what they call fast roping mm. out of helicopters and stuff. Mm. And you you get that adrenaline surge because you're doing something that you really are fast terrified ro- or fast feel. Roping. Yeah. yeah you come out through the, what they call the hell hole in the bottom uh-huh. of the helicopter and come down a rope Repel. It's not repelling. No, it's it's actually right. you're hanging on a rope at 200 oh, feet oh, oh, and oh, you've got an 80-pound pack on your I back. I thought you and was
1: lassoing something. Mm. No, you
2: come down through what they call the hell hole in the helicopter <laughs> and mm-hmm. you slide down the rope just using your feet and your hands. If you uh-huh. let go, you're done. It, you know what I <laughs> mean? <laughs> and then when I did that in the Marines, it scared the shit out of me. I realized, man, i got a serious fear of heights. <laughs> <laughs> like, Why am I doing this? <laughs> but I do remember, too, when you do this type of stuff, it's a bit like getting a tattoo or something, mm-hmm. like the levels of pain. the adrenaline mm -hmm. it really does like transform you so anyways I woke up that next day in Russia and I looked at Elena I was like man you know I've never that was something else it was really a life altering type experience I didn't expect it and but I
3: got to say, this, that's why I didn't want to do it. Not like every Russian is doing this. This is like an extreme version of something crazy, you know. So mm-hmm. he's done it. And uh, I guess he's proven my cousins that like, I can do this. And when my dad asked him next time, so how, so how did you like it, my son-in-law? And Chris said, after last night, I'm not sure if I'm a son-in-law or daughter-in-law. <laughs> after that, the guy was standing with the brunch
5: next
3: to me. it was weird. The
1: things you do for love.
3: Oh, yeah. Now,
1: do do the women
2: get beat too? Or the women doing the beat? Yes,
3: they do, but yes. They do
2: it with lighter, because they call it a broom. But it's like, it's actually just twigs put together. Mm -hmm. I think
3: it's like a lighter version. My mom actually goes, it's like her thing she does with the girls, but they go to like a complex with a pool where Mm -hmm. it's a sauna. Sauna pretty much just has a dry heat, and Mm -hmm. that one has a more humid heat. But it is good for your skin and, mm-hmm. you know, they they do it more like with essential oils and massage oils, you know, more like a civilized version. This if you is more like, like a wild like, I'm not kidding. Person. If you're like someone in the <laughs> world who's
2: just got yourself so wound up, so tight or you're so stuck in some kind of mindset that you feel like, you know, you go do a fucking banyan and you will be a transformed person mm-hmm. on the other side. True. You got it done the right way. Yeah. And for me, it felt like almost like, I mean, I felt like I just had the, Shit beat out of me, mm-hmm. or something yeah. by by nature, almost like was, they're beating you with the sticks and the ice cold and the river and the temperature. You know, it's mm-hmm. like it was pretty yeah, wild.
1: It sounded like a shock to the system. It nice. was. That's what totally. it was. Shock. Over yeah. here, I guess in America, I wonder if they do it over here somewhere. I know in Canada, they probably do it, up in like yeah. northern Quebec. Down here, we, friends just, up there, didn't we just we just have colonoscopies it. down. Here. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Yeah, cowboy bunkhead. <laughs> <laughs> all kinds of things going cool. <laughs> well,
0: well, a lot of people are doing the sauna, and then they'll get out and they'll get into the ice bath. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then they'll get back and forth, and it's some kind of shock to you. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a stimulus. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like a It you your body, your body up yeah. uh, when you're in the ice. The blood all goes to the center of your body, and then
2: when you get out, you feel great because it all pushes back. Yeah, but even if you go, like, we have a little pool at our house, it's an above ground pool, you know, one of those you get at Walmart. Well, the we go jump in there in the morning, and Mm. like, it's nice. Like, you, you, if you're waking up, it Mm -hmm. shocks you out of that, you know, you're suddenly like, Yeah, I'm ready for the day, yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. we go in there all summer long. In the winter, we don't do it too much, but she actually holds, like, parties, uh, New Year's parties. Yeah, she you does should come to
3: New Year's party. We yeah. drink vodka and jump in the bowl. Yeah. <laughs> and we fire
2: fireworks directly into our own house.
3: Yeah, yes. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's what we did last time. <laughs> <laughs> On
2: oh, purpose. If Matt Williams and his family is watching, I apologize for nearly killing you. Is that Matt Williams uh, from 80s Ladies? Matt Matt Williams. He's uh, he just Matt got Williams. the award on that music thing for his album Choices. That's Matt guitar playing. Yeah, Matt. Yeah. 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 Oh he, yeah, yeah. He used to uh, Matt was more of a uh, what do you call it? A looper. He kind of yeah. like did a lot of looping and live shows here, and then he moved up to Iowa, and then he yeah. went out to California, uh, Denver first. I, I think. love the guys
1: Matt Williams too, right?
0: Yeah, that's
2: a
1: different Matt Williams. Okay,
2: right. but
1: yeah.
0: uh, that Matt he he was in Ambro- Ambrosius was the band. I think with, Matt sits
2: in with a lot of people. With Michelle. Benjamin, no, I don't think he, and, don't think he was uh, playing with those Lunges. guys. Seriously, but he might have sat in with them a bit, maybe.
0: Not There's sure. a lot of Matt Williams. Yeah. <laughs> don't yeah.
3: Maybe, yeah. <laughs> do Matt, he needs to have a stage name.
0: But I think
1: we're talking about the same one. <laughs> tell, did, us about, uh, tell us about the Goddess Retreat.
3: Oh, the Goddess Retreat.
1: Is that something that you started?
3: Yes. Okay. Cool. So this is uh, the third year we're doing this, and it's on Jekyll Island. Um, picture uh, on Jekyll island and we're doing it on june 16th through the 19th this year
1: my wife wants to come to that she
3: should come she okay. should come she's gonna love is it. it
1: like uh pay to go uh thing?
3: yeah so it's um uh, pays you know for, it's a two-day and three-day mm. deal and you know <clears throat> ticket is separate from we're doing it at villas by the sea so it's dancing on the beach and we do yoga meditation we do Glamorous photo shoots, which is what Annalise is doing. So it's all about huh? being glamorous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's it. Oh, cool. So um, yeah, we're doing it on the beach and we do performances on the beach and we do the gala in the ballroom this year too. And so
1: cool. Yes. What do y'all, uh, uh, I guess y'all sleep in motel? Where are you uh, the
3: Villas by the Sea. Villas so the all sea. of it, we, we book the ballroom from the Villas by the Sea. Mm-hmm. And uh, originally the idea was to do everything on the beach, but then I found out I still try to do a lot of things on the beach, but some things are not realistic on the beach. So <laughs> we rent the ballroom for that. We have about we have fifty three people already attending this year. Really? Yes. What's
1: the cost? It's uh, two hundred
3: twenty nine dollars for two days and two seventy nine for three days. But that's just all the classes and all the parties and stuff okay but the uh uh the room at the villas by the sea is separate but while i I like the villas is because you can book it with other people so you can it's like a two bedroom condo one bedroom condo and you can split it between four and six people so it's pretty
2: affordable i was gonna say maybe you should do a belly dance demonstration
3: I, I gotta go to the bottom. <laughs> well, we are going to take a break. And, uh, <laughs> it's about the perfect—that's
1: a segue, right? There. Let's go I was waiting for this.
3: Thank okay.
7: you. I sir. hope
1: y'all are enjoying this as much as we are. <laughs> we'll be right back.
7: Something in my brain won't let me stray. Something in my veins gonna find its way. Something in taught me how to pray when a cold black water finds its way into your veins you'll never be the same
1: hey folks we back again our lovely guests chris and elena harrison Um uh, Elena is going to perform a yeah uh, a little bit of uh, magic for us in the form of belly dance. I think she called it belly bombing when she when she does it in front of the Eiffel Tower <laughs> and uh, Grand Canyon places like that. But we are so happy to have her in the, something in the water studios tonight. And I'm gonna quit talking now because I'm so happy. Carry on.
6: Nothing to lose when I'm down, you can bring me up. Up, 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 up and when I'm heard, you know I don't.
1: A different what? version of the song. Hold on just a second. <coughs> great. Thank you. Just just on, you. Just I'm check sorry. The I'm, yeah, just I'm, I'm sorry. Go
5: ahead.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Justin. <clears throat> that
3: was that great. That was excellent. Thank yeah. you. I, I don't know if you could tell, I improvised because it was apparently a different version of the song, It but I think maybe I pulled it off. No, you, yeah. didn't, you didn't know? Anything? Oh, I, I, yeah, yeah, I, did, I, did I didn't
4: know. I didn't
2: hear any complaints from the group. No, no, yeah, <laughs> that was great. Noah no. fell asleep, I can tell you that. That was
1: awesome. Now I know why they call it belly dancing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Now uh, we're going to have a little bit of music in just a second. We're going to come back and listen to the song stylings of Chris Harrison. <laughs> Chris is a original song, singer songwriter who's played in many bands. But before we go, let's take a look at some pictures up there, Justin. Let's uh, maybe y'all can uh, kind of help us set this up a little bit. Uh, it's actually a video from the email that I sent you, and it. It says Chris uh, ninety two. Yeah, that second one. Right <laughs> that second one right there. Just drop down this. <laughs> there. It is.
2: It um, yeah, was a bit of an REM phase, as <laughs> obviously when you watch this thing. Says
0: ninety two. I'm not sure the audio is gonna be in going. Montreal. I,
2: I did not know you sent this.
3: So I didn't send like, it. It was from oh, the I, Facebook. Oh, oh, I dig deep. Uh, <laughs> Colombo. <laughs> Colombo. <laughs> I like that. The, the
2: hairline recession wasn't on yet fully. Elena. but you can see it coming
0: yeah oh, there you say. go and and, oh, yeah, and sure. chris
2: we forgot yeah. about this i say my hairline recession wasn't fully in swing yet but uh you mm-hmm. can so see it you? coming is that you there yeah
5: awesome
3: <laughs> yeah the-
1: what was the name
2: of this band that is still my band name mental pictures
1: mental pictures it was started in he came back <laughs> to it
3: because i really <clears throat> liked it and i told him we need to bring it back so he well
2: yeah. it says a lot yeah. yeah it's, well, it's yeah, the world changed mentally in my yeah. own mind, so I just mm-hmm. like, okay, what's the difference? Go well, that's all we know. have
1: is mental pictures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and this is in Montreal?
2: This is Montreal. I went up there and lived illegally. <laughs> I, this is an interesting story. <laughs> I dr- I bought, you know, I was told you I was like buddies down here with Griffin and all those guys, mm-hmm. and we were playing down here just having fun. I was living in a place called the Tiki Bar, and then hanging out with them guys, and then I met these Canadians on the beach. And at the time, the tragically hip was a big thing in Canada. And we were listening to it all that summer because they were down here. They were tennis pros over the College of Coastal Georgia. And anyways, uh, Carl Whitehouse, the main guy, he's like telling me, like, if you ever come up to Canada – you should come up here and live with us and start a band. But he didn't really expect me to do it. <laughs> but anyways, I didn't do it right away. I actually went back to England because I wanted to kind of explore my roots and I ended up being a street musician over there, mm-hmm. played street music. And then when I come back from England, then I realized like I could probably play street music in the tunnels of Montreal. And so mm-hmm. I ended up going up there and uh, I bought a 1973 orange and white Volkswagen. Wonder loaf, we call it the Wonder loaf <laughs> because uh, everyone said it would never make it to Canada, <laughs> right? Thirteen hundred and fifty miles, and uh, I wondered whether it would make it too because the door <laughs> fell off when <laughs> I bought it, and the <laughs> <nearly> other <laughs> took you know my toes off. But anyways, like um, mm-hmm. my dad, who's a mechanic, he worked on it a little bit, and I only paid five hundred fifty bucks for it, <laughs> right? Outright, oh, took wow. it up to Canada, and when I got to the border, they took that thing apart. I'm not kidding. Well, they Chris showed up, up looking like yeah.
3: this with a goatee. Yeah. yeah, and I had
2: a band. F- I had a band <laughs> full of gear, music equipment mainly, right? Mm-hmm. And so they took the whole thing apart, took the side panels off, and middle of the night, mm-hmm. basically stuck there on the border. But then they let me through. And uh, anyways, it ended up being a three-year stay illegally. Let I me was tell you something because music. I have
3: visited Montreal after that, and Chris brought me there, and then I came by myself with my friends. And Crystal has really good friends in Montreal
5: mm-hmm.
3: and they told me that they that he was th- almost not he was famous in Montreal they were recognizing him Tendous in the streets of day. Montreal not <laughs> nice. for a day he goes they would recognize him and Montreal is a big place you know for be and but then, well, our
2: band, it went pretty quick like uh, as soon as we got the guitarist Alan he was a really good guitarist you know and it was that era you guys probably definitely relate to this it was like the Seattle Sound had just taken off. Nirvana, Soundgarden, mm-hmm. Pearl Jam were all the rage, and mm-hmm. Montreal was all about that. And here we come, and I had this kind of like, you know, I was into David Bowie and R.E.M. Mm-hmm. So when I started singing and with the band, as soon as we started hitting it off, it was like, oh, man. So we started doing basement parties, and we were playing clubs, and then there were small clubs at first, and they started getting big stages, you know. We were playing little festivals and stuff, and it was going mm-hmm. real fast, and we got on the radio, we're in these competitions and stuff. And uh, then it just once again fell apart. Like almost <laughs> everything does. That fell done. apart
3: because of his love life, though. Yeah. But oh. then again, he <laughs> wouldn't have met me. I
2: fell, in, I, I fell in love with the bongo players... <laughs>
5: Well, Girlfriend. as a matter of fact, the no, video the video, the video that you're
2: yeah. about to watch... I fell in
5: love with the Bongo Players girl. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the video The video you're about it's to
3: really watch happened. is 92, yeah. right? And yeah. so we were just showing it to Her our kids. Her and I were so
2: wasted all the time that we decided to go backpack around Europe and forget the band for a little while. So we were gone for like yeah. three months and we was like in... Holland just staying in a tent, stunned. <laughs> and so we didn't move for like three months. So when we came back, everything had changed. You know, so it's one of those things, I thought maybe the band would still stay together, but it didn't happen. So
1: oh. anyway. So what would y'all classify this band? Uh <laughs>
2: Uh, well, I'm not sure what song you listen got queued up. Even it. it's, it's, that, it's
3: that little thing that I put on Facebook. That's all.
2: I feel like it might be REM because we were doing a cover of Begin the Begin, and we did the audio is not going to be that great
3: here because I was. Ma- I we didn't was, do any
2: mainstream REM. We were doing the obscure stuff of like mm-hmm. Document and mm-hmm. uh, Murmur.
3: I just okay. like seeing Chris's face there. That's all. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> when you play it, it's really funny. <laughs>
5: yeah.
1: Roll that fabulous. <laughs> The sound is terrible.
3: <laughs>
1: I hear the
2: REM.
3: I just like the I hair. Look like, <laughs> here. The hair is only in on the yeah. hair.
2: The requirement back then was a fluffy shirt and a vest, okay? <laughs> that was yeah, the trend yeah. in the early 90s. So.
1: Rest of these guys, Canadian.
2: I like this way that you film or that you put it up because you this guy you zooms in and it says hell. <laughs> And then he walks (laughs) off like he doesn't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, that looks like hell down there. There's Bongo (laughs) Flare. That's Rob. uh, He turned me on to the Tragically though. He's really good, yeah.
3: Look at Chris's facial expressions. He looks so crazy. He doesn't look that crazy now.
4: <laughs> yeah, you go. We right were there. doing all
2: We were doing all these covers though. we were doing that uh what's that Pearl Jam? Why? I can't remember the why. Yeah. 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 We were doing a bunch of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right. but also, we also were doing that too. About that time, yeah. Yeah, we were do, like you know we were doing like David Bowie as well because I was always a Bowie fan. So uh-huh. we were doing like Ziggy Stardust and uh, Space Oddity.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: And then we'd do like some Pink Floyd. We did the Stones 2000 Light Years from Home." Pretty had a pretty kind of like lo-fi psychedelic version of it, you know. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of good, interesting music in there. It was pretty good.
1: What else we got on that? Uh...
3: What do you? What else? Do you, what else do you have like dug oh, up on that? <laughs> I, was,
1: I was supposed to support okay, this.
3: Okay, Uncle Dave.
1: I was supposed to. I'm I know. I was supposed to support Facebook. this with a picture of me with a bunny head
5: on, but I forgot all about it. That's it. Up yeah, up that's, next
0: mugshots and baby
1: pictures. Yeah, this,
5: <laughs>
1: no, this is, uh, that actually moves. Elena uh, does yeah, all the holiday.
3: Yeah. <laughs> this was my.
1: Somehow that's just funny
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: This
2: is what they call it Chasing the white rabbit <laughs> Damn that <laughs> rabbit can dance
3: This is one of those Arabic songs That I like And that's why funny <laughs> <laughs>
2: The thing about the old TikTok type videos, you know, it's like, it's got to be 20 seconds, but it's usually pretty ridiculous. (laughs) 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 You can't put anything serious. Well, you know, (laughs) this is your
3: friend James's daughter. She was doing the Easter Bunny thing. And I was... Hey, Annalise. Yes. (laughs) Hi, Annalise. (laughs) Liam was doing the Easter Bunny. So I I was helping him. He was done with his shift and he was really happy. So I was like, let me put this on. (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: great. Done. Uh, there's one on here. Uh, speaking of Annalise, her daddy's in this next picture here. It's uh, it's uh, and, and Santa Claus does uh, just move on to the pictures there. Santa Claus does have uh, something in common with belly dancers. He's got a belly.
5: <laughs>
1: Most Santa Clauses I ever knew had a belly, a big one. Except for James Fowles. James Fowles in real life don't a have skinny a big Santa. belly. <laughs> so this is props well it says santa i think uh, oh the names did, did the name show up on there and well i did i can't see that far it looks like hieroglyphics maybe maybe i never saved it okay i
2: say you did catch a good amount of weirdness there though you I know.
3: yeah <laughs> show some of them variety.
1: weird belly dancers yeah that ain't weird.
3: <laughs>
1: You're so weird. That man. one, folks. Okay. Now that beach right there is Jekyll Island. Yes, this is. What it we was did. used in the filming of The Walking Dead. Right. Oh, that yeah. same beach in one of the X Men movies. Really? Yeah. The
0: one. with Something Kevin recent too.
2: That there's a movie I think uh, with Ralph Fiennes in it where it's like a chef and they make this. There's a resort where they, I think they might be eating the oh, people. Oh yeah. Yeah. Or something. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, they, I watched then that. That was the menu, for the, menu, the menu. I watched
0: yeah. it. That It was filmed there?
2: That's, that was filmed on <laughs> Jekyll. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I just found it out myself the other day. I was like, wow. I'm and this it is it. where
3: we're doing the goddess retreat. That's
2: where the goddess retreat takes place. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's picture, a good picture, too. That was for like Costa Willis. It's Laura, or Laura
3: Angela Photography. She's a local photographer. This not Annalisa's, but Laura Angela Photography took this picture. Laura, Angel. Laura Angela. And Laura uh, she Angela. still does it in St. Simon's. Mm-hmm. And, um, Yes, she's a very talented photographer. Okay. Yes.
1: Well, yeah, there's guys retreat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this one is. Uh, okay. This is Serena. Wow. <laughs> <Owls. laughs> Belly dance. We
3: do Halloween dress up, so. That's this is awesome. they I mess mean, with all kind of things. My like the red the hair. Lies. With
1: it looks like this. <laughs> it's like Little Red Riding Hood.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Illuminati. Red riding hood. <laughs> what eat. they say is Illuminati was a person. Hood. Yeah. She's going to download all your personal information for you get to grandmother's you house. The big bad wolf.
1: That's the logo. <laughs> uh, uh, Elena uh, runs this uh, uh, company over there, and it's called Golden Owls Belly Dance. Did you just change the name?
3: Um, so no, that was the mess up with the pictures, uh, oh. with the, with the pages. Okay. So I was hacked in August and I had to start a new page. So now, but I finally got access to my old page. So still golden house belly dance, but I did start a non nonprofit dream. So real.
5: Yeah. Okay.
0: And okay. I
3: changed the second page to that name. I just
0: noticed that I had a notification that said, this page is now yes, called this. Changed the, yes.
3: Wow. So I have two of those and
1: who did um, the, uh,
3: Logo. Yeah, that's great. It's I actually I'm trying to find those people because those people in Fiverr, you know, you've heard of Fiverr. Uh It's Ooh, a, it's you pay a, five bucks. Uh, well, well, do you? Well, it's actually something. not five, but you know, but <laughs> yeah. I yeah. want to say this logo didn't cost. I, like I swear, this in like maybe maybe it was like yeah. fifty dollars for this logo, and wow. it was done people in still, 2017. Yeah, and, savings, yeah. Yes, I really like that. It's a good one. Thank you. yeah.
2: the girl who did your uh, book covers too she did an amazing job she's out in california and when elena asked her to do it and she does these like really amazing romantic novel covers you know Mm -hmm. but she asked elena to do kind of more like a surreal looking kind of more uh cartoony looking you know so it's more tongue-in-cheek so it looks something someone would take on vacation But then she did it all. And then Elena found out, oh, she's from Russia. She's living in California. She's a Russian. Uh-huh. That was a oh. strange, that was a that's very strange thing. Weird I sent
3: her an invoice and my my PayPal has a strange, she sent me the invoice, I was paying it. And it has a really strange name. That's like my parents, they call me Little Piglet in Russian. It's Hryushka in Russian. She's like, and she sent it to me. She goes, are you Russian? And I'm like, I am. She goes, uh, me too. That was a very strange thing because we spoke in English for like, Correspondence was in English for, like, good three months, and we had no idea.
1: Oh, wow. Did uh, did you pay her in rubles?
3: No, in dollars.
2: <laughs> you know is that how, the currency? You know it?
3: how rubles go. You're right. Yes, it's <laughs> rubles. Yes, yes, it's rubles. Rubles
2: sounds like rubble.
3: Yeah, this is, our, this is our first goddess retreat, the first time. So we had one last year, and this year we do have 53 people signed up, but it's only what? We're only it's in growing. May. Yes, so... And the
1: one this yeah. year is June.
3: June sixteenth through the nineteenth. Yes. Me.
1: so i I, I don't <laughs> know when this way. episode is coming out. I think it will be June fifteenth, I believe.
3: Yes. this picture was taken by Annalise. This is, I really like it. We're all You're acting right. really silly. It's one of those like almost like that REM video that you' yeah. like. Episodes. I was gonna say
2: this about like even the classes, but even. When I'm like seeing what she's doing with all these women, you know, I told her, I was like, it's weird because it's almost like you're, it's not really almost about the dance. The dance is one part of it. Mm-hmm. But really, what's happening, and it's really cool to see, is that, and especially in the post COVID era, right? A lot of people just wanna experience the yeah. joy of life and doing yeah. something and they wanna break out of what the screen is putting in their minds, right. you know what I mean? And when you, some of these women, like I've talked to some of them and just, I bartend for her when she does a retreat Mm. and they're just like, oh, your wife, they're doing the most amazing things. You're bringing the coolest people together and having a great time, time of our lives. So I feel like myself when I'm watching it, it's like, wow, it's cool that you're doing this in Brunswick and you're bringing Mm. this kind of. Well, the coolest thing is
3: they're making friends. There's a lot of ladies there that are now, they're in their um, fifties and sixties and a lot of them told me that they never thought they would make new friends or yeah, do, yeah. you know, because a lot of people are just sitting at home, especially, mm-hmm. you know, after all the family has grown up and th- that mm-hmm. al- people are making friends. So, ladies, yeah. side, so that's really cool. I like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Oh, that's Becky. This is one that's of the pictures cool. Annalise did as well. What
1: is this formation? Is that it's called something?
3: So, this is technically different. This is different mudras she's holding. Mudra is a position of your arms and hands mm-hmm. that seals the energy flow in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um but this is the one where they're doing this in the Indian thing that shows Shiva. the multiple yeah. Shiva, Shiva Shiva mudras at the same time. Okay. So uh Becky did... She's
2: the goddess of destruction. So,
3: yeah. <laughs> so, Annalise did this. Becky did, of course, multiple poses. It's her arms, but Annalise, like, juxtaposed uh, them after that. Yes. So it's awful. not multiple people there. It's Becky. It's all that's Becky.
0: Great. Oh, cool. <laughs> I thought people were behind her. No,
3: it's yeah. all digital, wow. yeah. Okay. But this is a cool picture. It's
1: beautiful. She is, too.
3: She is, yes. <laughs> she just got back to belly dance, and so she took a break, but she's back. And I'm mm-hmm. happy she's back.
1: that's it okay cool and uh the only reason i copied those videos was because i didn't know if you were going to plan on uh doing something live so we'll just skip that and go straight to the live we'll be right back (laughs) well we're back and uh we're gonna let mr chris harrison right here a couple of tunes. Uh, the first one we're going to do, he's going to do, is Swamp the old Country. Jimmy Walker original Swamp Country. Uh, Waycross Man <laughs> wrote it.
2: Inspired by my uncle who grew up in these parts. There you go.
1: Don't get no better.
2: So, let's see how it goes. Swamp
4: Country where the alligators crawl Many a man has walked right in And never came out at all Out of that swamp country Where a man can find his words When he's all alone and he's on his own In the land of the trembling earth Swamp country A place called the Okefenope Where the quicksand lies before your eyes And the people seldom joke About that swamp country Where a man can find his worth When he's all alone and he's on his own In the land of the trembling earth Well, there may be many stories Never will be told For no one knows the secrets That those ebony waters hold Back in that swamp country Where the panther stalks its prey Where the cottonmouths hide and the gators glide Silently on their way Back in that swamp Where a man can find his words when he's all alone and he's on his own in the land of the trembling earth in the land of the trembling earth in the land of the trembling earth in the land of the trembling earth
1: earth. Mm, yeah that was good (laughs) 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 <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah that one feels good to play just uh, because to play, you my great-great-granddaddy
1: great. grew up on the cowhouse island in the northeast corner of the okie oh, Swamp, really? so i got some heritage down in my blood yeah. from that
2: place yeah, that's so funny though because when we did meet you at the swamp fest and then Elena started... Oh, I should right, probably right, get a little closer. to. Right. Well, Lena was telling me, like, uh, you know, that'd be cool if you went over there and played that, Chris, because you did grow up with that song. Mm-hmm. That's super cool. Yeah, when I'm singing yeah. it, I'm not kidding, I try to sound like him, yeah. because well, he, did he did have that kind of... I don't know. It's... Well,
3: Chris told me about it when he took us to um, okie with the kids and stuff, mm. and he told me about the that it means the land of the trembling earth.
1: That's what the uh, Seminole word
2: is. Yeah. I never
3: knew that. And, I, and then eventually just like dawned on me. And I'm
5: like, you're just like so strange. How do you know those things?
2: You feel like you're I just know. You know what? You, yeah, guys, you guys can probably relate to this. Do you remember like in the 1970s, they had these like, uh, you remember like Cracked and Mad Magazine uh-huh. and Crazy oh, yeah. Magazine? Uh-huh. Yeah. But they also had these, you'd go to the store, like Jack's Minute Market on St. Simons, and they'd have these like thin magazines about swamp tales. Where, like, women would like be scantily clad and they're like in the small. It'd be like Creature from the Black Lagoon type yeah. stuff, but it was more like it was the Tales of the Okeefin Finoki. Yeah, and I remember babe. getting one and it had all these stories well, the about people books. went in the swamp and they never came back out. You yeah, know? yeah. It was pretty cool. Like, I've, never it was, seen, I've never seen any of that. They, they I, I, were, like, I don't recall. Were they, they a
1: magazine or a comic book?
2: They were like thin little magazine yeah, things, magazines. but they were storytelling books. Maybe yeah, yeah. Like, they no, nah, I don't think this one. I'm pretty sure this was a real did you thing. You that. <laughs> a lot of things I'm not sure about these days because I actually go like, did that actually happen? When you tell it, you know, like the thing yeah. is, like you know, like you live in certain things, and you go like, okay, did that really take place? And if I tell this story, is anyone going to fucking believe it? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> you know why they call it the land of the trembling earth? No, uh, they've got uh, years, millions, thousands of years. uh, The cypress trees grow tall, and then they get peat moss hanging off of them, the limbs, and the peat moss just drops off into the swamp and just steadily compacts itself and gets taller and taller and taller and taller. Finally, it's a damn floating island that supports vegetation. And you can you can be poling by in a canoe or something, and step out of the canoe on top yeah. of this floating island, and it's like
3: yeah, you're standing
1: cool. on a waterbed or something. Yeah. We
3: still need to take my parents there. We still haven't
1: taken. Them. Yeah. Yeah.
2: When they can come back to the United States, at the moment, stuff tough. Do it when there's We'd no really...
1: yellow flies.
2: So yeah. you want to try to uh, let's do Join up on this one. Yeah. What's the name of this? This was uh, called Navajo Horses because I do have a bit of an infatuation with the West. And whenever we go out West, one of the things we always do is we pull over by the side of the road when we see some horses. Mm -hmm. And we try to take some pictures, especially if they're like those Apache style horses, you know, Mm -hmm. and just hang out with the horses for a little bit. Because I figure it must give you some kind of magic properties. (laughs) Some kind of weirdness. But anyway, so this song basically is about our trips out west and traveling and just, you know. And in the song, I kind of threw a Bonnie and Clyde line in there, and it's about me and Lena. But she would, when I'm always making her do this stuff, or I stop in the middle of nowhere, you know, you're out there in the middle of, like, you know, tons of desert. Mm-hmm. And then I pull over and t- to just see some horses for a minute and she's usually complaining. <laughs> so like, I'm good. She complains about the fact that, uh, do I have to get out there? I'm not going to walk out <laughs> there barefoot. It's like cactus and shit. <laughs> but I'm like, uh, I was like, we got to go pet the horses. Come on, we got to get over there. Yeah, he, but it anyway.
3: always makes me, pushes me outside of my comfort zone. Good. After 19 years, I gotta say I am grateful for that. Yeah. Had he not done that, who knows where would I have
2: been? But you'll hear in the chorus it says uh, a Navajo horse, Navajo horse is on the other side of a barbed wire fence while you laugh out loud and tell me to get away. Mm-hmm. Oh, because, okay. Because uh, you know I'm usually that. yeah. <laughs> another, here's another thing: she always likes to take a piss. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever
4: we like in the middle of
2: nowhere, <laughs> she, uh, she has to pee. Out. She got like a leaky bladder, oh and so goodness. I have this little I game have I play. A leaky well, you have a very I weak bladder. People. Weak bladder. Tiny sakes so, so. <laughs> Anyways, I'll, when she's not looking, she's squatting down to take the pee. I always take a picture, <laughs> right? And then I joke <laughs> that I'm gonna put it online. I never do, but you know. <laughs> you mess up in the future. <laughs>
4: <laughs> just, that should yeah. be okay, a coffee so, table book of just uh, this those uh, pictures.
2: Okay, basic GC <laughs> thing, but actually got a little driving rhythm to it, so it's. <laughs> Let me start over. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
4: from mendocino a lot we saved our souls halfway to dreamland the band lit out upon the great american road drinking in mojave sunset feeling the wind just blow halfway to zion we were dancing stone. Sweated out upon the desert sand The demons taking hold Stumbled down the old grand staircase Got lost on those back roads Soaking up that Utah sun Bonnie and Clyde are on the run When I look back upon those days I see you standing there Your eyes look up A smile upon your face On the other side of the barbed wire fence, she's out now. Tell me to get away. Pale skin in the desert. Warm wind of the desert. Pale skin in the desert. The wind of the desert The wind that drives me on Desert. The wind that drives me on. The wind that carries me home. The wind that drives me on. The wind that carries me home. Go for the big thing. The wind that drives me on
1: That's a, <laughs> that's a bar burner.
2: That's a damn road song. It's a driving
1: song. It's a good it one. one. That's a, a great song. song.
2: Well, that's inspired by probably more the Jayhawks and the Band of Horses. Yeah. But yes. when, I, when I came up with it, I was like, this is probably a Band of
3: Horses type song. <laughs>
0: I can hear both of those bands in that.
5: Yeah.
3: If you guys like it, you know you should. I know I'm I'm biased, but it's only one oh, song. D- Chris has like yeah, liked I definitely so want to hear All right,
2: I definitely want to hear more well, of his stuff. What's weird about me, and I, this is what I say: like I feel like I'm a disattached kind of guy. Like I've always been kind of caught between two worlds or two, you know, realities mm-hmm. with family and everything. But basically, I can write poppy, cool, little weird English ditty type things with cool licks and. You know, I have that on my Mental Pictures Spotify page. Like, there's a ton of songs there that I just pop out, you know, but I do it at home, record them. But then I also have this side where I can do, you know, I was always into early REM and I like Irish bands like the Waterboys, traditional Irish folk,
3: They all have their own vibe Mm -hmm. and they have the lyrics that make you go... So I remember when Chris came to Russia for the first oh, yeah. time, and my dad said, "He," I said, "Can you sing one of your songs?" And he did, and he asked me to translate them. And my dad, said, my dad said, "Because he goes, he'd never liked my first boyfriend," so he said, "What's the deal with you? You either like." You had like date a total dumbass or a fucking genius. <laughs> <laughs> he actually
1: told me he. And or said, a mixture of both. Which one
5: did he Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so,
3: so, so you know, but it's it's with his with the lyrics and stuff. And I know, like once again, I'm biased, but I I filmed a lot of his no, songs it, and stuff, and yeah. the 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 words there. Well, what I,
2: I try to do, I'm sure you can relate to this, is that. pull that mic closer to you what I try to do is like uh, when I'm writing a song myself I feel like I'm just painting a picture right Mm -hmm. but I also tell because of the way I approach it with the mental pictures theme which is basically that you're the creator of your own reality and that you can kind of describe the nature of reality in the lyrics so but with me i try to make sure that every theme is a little surreal or otherworldly mm-hmm. so you have to kind of take them out there i guess i'm because of yeah. inspired by david bowie and stuff like mm-hmm. that but you take it out there in three or four minutes yeah. and then try to bring them back to earth mm-hmm. but the challenge is when you're doing it you know like i get you know pretty far out there sometimes and then uh just get kind of in your own little fuzzy space and then try to bring it back down you know but there's so many influences that I, we were talking in the kitchen, mm-hmm. there's so many vans that we can agree about. Yeah, Just oh, awesome definitely. pavement, yeah. you know, replacements, mm. Neutral Milk Hotel, Elf Power, that kind of stuff. Early REM. There's just so many good bands out there, but I try to put them all in there, so I'm not afraid to wear yeah. my influences right out in the open because I I'm happy I was influenced by so many good bands, and I feel yeah. like we came yeah. from that era. Yeah, we did. And now, when you look at this, especially like with, um, you know, they're talking about AI music creation. Mm-hmm. People like us are gonna become the hidden gems in the future. You're yeah. <laughs> actually. I you're don't. Ge- I
3: don't think AI can can even. It's the same about painting or creating something. I don't think AI can even get close to... Well, no matter where, it's yeah, definitely the real going off the It's going to have all these so. people
2: trying to create stuff with mm-hmm. your voice or with something else. But ain't nothing going to beat the just basically the sitting there I mean, this and is recording it just like you know, this. But, the but real
3: you guys thing all know this. Yeah. You are all... the creators so you know when you're creating whether it's a piece of music or a piece of writing or a song it's there's there's a there's something that you it's cha- channeling, channeling is an yeah. so it's channeling yeah. is an overused term but it's probably the best sometimes one.
0: it feels like it's not you this it's not it's, you it's just like right you it's know just what's coming next you. so just write it down you know mm-hmm. like you feel where
1: it's going but you that's can- the cosmic Energy yeah.
0: well, uh, and this is, AI is, is it? don't have
1: cosmic no. energy. AI is something so,
3: that you put through your brain mm-hmm. and then overanalyze. That's and why it they call it the artificial. <laughs> exactly. I say,
2: if you got the mic still right, I just want to give you an example like how the weirdness comes to me, like this stuff, right. <laughs> But this is just the lyric. This is my song's called "Are You on Drugs?" and the theme was that That's my It's basically song. an airline pilot who's lost his mind, and he's got all these passengers of different types on the plane, and he's going crazy, flying <gasps> this fucking thing, and they're all in the back, and they're wondering, "Are you on drugs?" Uh. Right? So, and it's kind of David Bowie inspired. Because I have a line in there about Major Tom, but it, I love this it goes line. like this, real quick. I'll just do it so to show you there where the how the lyrics on my end flow. This is an English style. Good. So it goes like this. It goes.
4: Hello, fellow passengers, visionaries, messengers, those who refuse to bend. The temperature is moderate, the landscape is desolate, and soon we'll be cruising in. Place your heads between your knees, hold your breath, try not to breathe. Soon you'll be washed ashore. It's my English sign. <laughs> Gather up your relatives, your positives, your negatives, and prepare to disembark. Martyrs please form on the right For nihilists it's black and white A bit of order if you please (laughs) Heads of state people not yet dead Grab a chair and be discreet Let's not wake up the deceased (laughs) First let's all get one thing clear I'm wondering why I brought you here I can't recall your names But if you'll calmly wait your turn I'll get to you all in due time We'll end this grand charade are you on drugs? Are you on dough? Because I just can't get enough of you and I don't know which way to go. Are you in love? Are you on your own? Because I couldn't bear the thought of leaving you out here all alone
2: guitar
5: <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> yeah.
4: major Tom the ground control I've seen the light I'm coming home and what a tale I can tell chaos with an access chart the words. Man, I've been through hell. Men for space form on the left, let's analyse your bated breath and make sure you have no scars. Big Brother doesn't welcome men who stir up the establishment. Please fill out this chart. Are you on drugs? Are you on dope? Cause I just can't get enough of you And I don't know which way to go Are you in love? Are you on your own? Cause I couldn't bear the thought Of leaving you out here all alone And here I am Sliding down the ladder of life and I'm wondering, and constantly wondering for all it's worth, I just sit back and try to see everything and be nothing. Hey, you! What the fuck are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> It just gets so weird.
2: <laughs> and then the, last verse is, the last verse is like basically it says, Buried under all the sand, the Sahara Desert holds the hands. A billion tons of gold, enough to feed the world ten times. If men only knew where to find, the secret remains untold. Like answers to the universe, well, none are better than the first, but most are best left unsaid but someone has to crave it all and calls the rest to stand or fall and us, we break or we bend. <laughs> Are you on drugs? <laughs> <laughs> this is great. So, this awesome. is by my yeah, most there, favorite song. Yeah, I really? just, that's what I try to do, though. I just make weird...
1: Ain't it fun, as weird though, as possible. Ain't it fun to put out one like that? <laughs> spit out one like that, you know? Yeah, I mean, he's like, he's like... You can write songs about love, you can write songs about loss, and you can write some... Yeah.
2: Imaginative <laughs> stuff. Stuff like Great. that. Are you, on drugs? Are you <laughs> on drugs? Well it does it makes it's one of those sauce that makes you wonder is like, is the is it a positive drug message or is it a <laughs> drug message? I can't really get my finger.
3: I right really right. like this. I don't know what this is. Can i can I go to the Yeah, sure.
5: <laughs> <laughs> so I, to pee.
3: I do have to pee, but you know, it gets worse. Progresses. Oh, sorry Maybe. Sorry about the bang. The song or the pee? The pee.
2: Yeah, the song. The song is better. I say, once you have three kids, the songs deteriorate after 10 o'clock. Did you know that? <laughs> it's not true.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the older you get, you see your songs changing. Changing, too.
7: Yeah.
2: I love it, song songwriting.
0: Oh, I do, too. It is yeah.
2: like, you know, like, you, yeah. What you guys do too, like when I saw you guys there at uh, Reese Apothecary, you can tell it's just like a raw. I want to party with
1: y'all. <laughs> That's thing. what I want to do. But Elena,
2: like, I was just kind of <laughs> standing there watching. I was with some of the belly dancers and we came in and we were watching you guys. And I was like, I said, to Elena, I was like, man, this is kind of weird. actually fucking really good. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, I didn't expect be there it. Because normally in there, they'll have like some jazz or some. Yeah. The last one you, know, you just did, he uh, had like
5: Aim Partridge, but like. British,
1: and British, mm-hmm. British, you ever heard A Partridge? Yeah, of Abe Partridge. Yeah,
2: yeah. I'm probably more influenced like on the English side by the <laughs> 80s stuff, like the cure and <clears throat> some of that stuff. Mm. I was never like not big of you two guy, but like more in the like, and the Bunnymen. Mm-hmm. And mm. when you go back to the early stuff, like I was a huge Stones fan, had the you know tattoo you and uh sticky fingers that era, mm-hmm. and then I was also a big Kinks fan. I love the song "Around the Dial." I don't know if you've ever heard that. It's one of the Kinks' best songs. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing song. So "Around the Dial" was like an early big influence. And people would tell me sometimes when they hear me singing, they're like, "You sound a bit like Ray Davies and the Kinks,"
5: mm-hmm.
2: which yeah. is cool to me to well, I, mean, I love Ray totally Davies. The, the, the you know, right? mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's my like, two different yeah, names. that's my American mm-hmm. and my English yeah. side. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is like I don't try to like I've had bands where we played together, and some of the guys would be like you probably need to pick one or the other. And I'm like, I can't, because they just come out, the songs yeah. pop out, and some are American, and some are kind of English.
0: But uh, you can kind of back up both sides right. of it. So yeah, it's kind of like Ian. If I did it, it would be, what <laughs> are you I doing? Says, hey, yeah. Why are you down singing down British?
4: Uh, like <laughs> well, let's, it, I
0: have no reason to be singing
1: with a British accent.
0: Well, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: yeah.
0: he's a folk player, well, well,
1: he's a original <laughs> songwriter, and then he's got a side project called The Psych peas. Psych peas. Like, like I mean, <laughs> it, That's
0: pretty it is punk. It
1: is punk. But I mean, it is like. Oh, something, like, something. While we were on the road, he hit like number two on the CMA really? uh, charts or something.
0: Something.
2: They were calling
0: in to vote or something kind of thing. It was It was something like that.
2: I will say this, though, and you guys are probably going to agree with this because you know, too, about, like, the transatlantic thing between the music, you know, the British got the blues from the, you Mm -hmm. know, and then you had the, after that, then the Americans got the British with (laughs) the heavy British invasion, and then you have your new wave and so on and so on. But when I think about the music that probably has the most feeling of the two that I do, I feel like the American one does have the warmth. It's weird, but. The English does feel cold. It's weird to me. Like, it the feels British a little. British got the soul from America, right? It's, but the... yeah, and, uh, got a little bit of <sighs> Yeah, mm-hmm. Well, that's like Green Day, you can see like they really borrowed heavily. From, like, yeah, they the really sex wanted to be the clash British and,
0: so bad. You know, but uh, I, I, as far as the cold goes, I feel like that was more of the point from the British point of view. Like it was supposed to be cold and uh, kind of yeah. Cooler.
2: Well, the Beatles Uh, had the warmth. They definitely had the warmth in their music, you know. But you look at some of the other bands that come out of the UK, and they didn't really seem to. To me, they didn't have that warmth. They may have some weirdness, like David Bowie. I love his music, but it isn't extra warm or anything, really. You know what I mean? Whereas Americana, especially like when the acoustic instruments are more to the forefront, and you know maybe the mandolin, when you get some almost like Mm -hmm. bluegrass Appalachian sounds in there, Mm -hmm. it can get real. Just has a nice, more down-homey vibe, I guess. Mm-hmm. And the Brits are always. It's like a big
1: a world; voices. we all borrow from one another. <laughs> yeah, you know that's the beauty of it. The Beatles will tell you, you know, that everybody looked to America for that inspiration, you know, musically, and but then they put it together and sent it back to us. <laughs> and as a ten-year-old, saw him on Ed Sullivan, and I said. What is this new music? What planet are they from? <laughs> you know? uh, but it was American music being yeah. regurgitated and sent back to me, and I said, "Please, Mister Postman, yeah. that was a Motown." Oh, yeah. You know, that was yeah. Shirelles.
2: Yeah, I n- that's a whole other discussion heard heard right there. The Shirelles, you know, all that music, the uh, Motown music, yeah. the um, Supremes, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Smoky Robinson, yeah, um, a lot of that stuff too is a bit of an influence for me too because mm-hmm. my parents were playing that stuff. I really like the way the Supremes were recorded, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. How was your growing up with music and and stuff? Uh, well, did you did you have a lot of it? Did well, that's an interesting one. I was yeah.
3: telling Chris about it because so um my parents had me very young. We had my mom was twenty two, my dad was twenty one. And uh, I was born in 83 and they were growing up when say jeans were prohibited in the Soviet Union. They right. could not wear jeans because it was an American Western influence, but everybody wanted it, you know, it was already 78. The black market. You know, yeah. so it was already 78, mm-hmm. you know, so it's already kind of people were doing it anyways. And so what I was trying to say, I grew up on Pink Floyd and Deep Purple,
2: Oh, Deep Purple is massive. massive. All of Dad's All right. friends, when I'm talking so, about, there, they're like, "You listen so, Deep Purple?" So mm-hmm. they, they,
3: they um, we have actually, as a matter of fact, a friend of my dad's a very good friend, who we just met in Mexico again. He lives in Denver. He's a musician and he plays Always Deep Purple. Got a great band, and really. Yes, and yeah. he's 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 my he's dad. Playing, like age.
2: Brian May solos. Ooh. Um, Really
3: amazing. Song. And so we were deeply, those Pink Floyd and Deep Purple probably would be the most two, well, the Beasles, yes, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Right? The three yeah. most bands that we Deep were. Deep Purple, I was blown away. Like Smokies. I really Smoke, you know, the Eagles, yes, absolutely. Really? Every, okay. So when Chris came, right, when Chris came to Russia, how many times we sat down around the table like, Please play Hotel California. How many times do you have to play Hotel California? Because they just I have do a to do Hotel version. California.
2: <laughs> so you know how you do the so, reggae version, but <laughs> easier than having to do the other one that gives you the shortcuts. So you don't have to do the solo shit. Too.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so we had this bands. We have a few bands that you you will not. No, but Chris liked them. I played them a few a few times. There's two bands. One's called Time Machine. Oh, uh-huh. uh, yeah. They're like Russia's Pink Floyd. And another but, uh, one is uh, Voskresenie, which means... Voskresenie could mean Sunday or Resurrection, whichever way you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. But uh, they were called the fathers of the Russian rock and roll, but they are very... One of the songs, Chris, is like he tried to make oh, yeah. a cover of it because it's just it's so... A beautiful mu- of music. But I think it's very probably... And
2: it's real a poetic classic rock it's about an artist and he's painting and he's looking at a window and it's raining on the window and he's describing basically that how the he's scene trapped looks so in this blurry he's trapped in this world it's weird but it's cool but
3: then he says but all you need to do is to break the window and then can you find that yeah. <laughs> on,
1: on YouTube oh yeah can I can find, find it on YouTube yeah. I tried to approach I want to get that from you too <laughs> I want to see it's that called The too. Artist and the Poet yeah.
3: um, if you do you want me to look it up? Not right now. Oh, not, not right now. Not right oh, now. Later now. On. Yes. I mean, we're,
1: we're going long here. Yeah. But, uh,
3: I just I'll want it for my personal. Yes, I, lo- I will send it to, to you. I'll send, okay. I'll send you the cover. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, the, the original cover.
2: Yeah.
3: So, uh, but, but yes, we had a lot of it. It's more, we. Mummy Troll. Well Mummy Troll is a bit more Mummy
2: Troll. Uh, yeah. They're kind of like the Green Day almost <laughs> Okay. So they are they're more like a Green Day meets REM. That's they're, a bit of
3: when I was growing up. That was my very first concept. But when I was I was growing up on that was very like I think we're more closely connected to like the bands like the Eagles mm-hmm. and Deep Purple and Pink Floyd than people realize Russia is super, is huge on it. That's
1: interesting because you you, you were born in eighty three, same year my daughter was, <laughs> and uh, and you take that and the Eagles and Deep Purple and oh we, that were
5: we come a little later generation. but yeah. it,
3: it's everything's with a bit of a delay mm-hmm. i don't know whether it was mm-hmm. because of the iron curtain or what was going on but everything is like i thought chris will think about the same things i'm like remember this phone you dial the phone <laughs> he goes yes <laughs> and we have 17 years between but like we remember the same things with him okay. so it's and he'll look oh, at the a, pictures
2: another thing too is i've been back to england to live for a bit and The England is a lot like Russia Um, because when you have the tower flats in East London, you know, they're a lot like the buildings that Stalin built in Russia Mm. and they have the kind of same drab curtains. Like if you watch the clock Mm -hmm. recordings, you see Mm -hmm. these kind of the curtains Mm -hmm. and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like that, you know, and so there's a lot of similarities in the cultures.
1: What are those things on the castles and uh, big buildings in Russia? Are they minarets or uh, uh,
3: no? Th- so those are what are those things th- This is a Russian <laughs> Orthodox church, a Russian or- Orthodox church. So it's a Christian church. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Same, you know, religion is here, but it's an Orthodox. So it's a bit more conservative. Mm-hmm and uh, i have never noticed it's interesting you bring it up because in my mind it was just a church but then um after i moved here and i realized that they look more when to travel in europe they look more like straight here mm-hmm. i realized that it's uh, russia is a perfect combination of east and west it's like a church with a mosque
1: okay. with a cross yeah, on yeah, top that's of what it me so th-
3: this is all there's really there's like this dome looks like a mosque or a minaret mm-hmm. But there's yeah. always a cross on top of it, and okay. it's very, we have a funny story. They're very, very conservative. So you go in and um, Russia is strange no Russia is like strange silence. in the religion because Soviet Union was an atheist society. So you were not allowed to believe in the Soviet Union. So, but before that, Okay, so before that, Russia was...
2: Should we warn the Americans that the Bolsheviks are coming this, for them right um, now? <laughs> <laughs> Nine, for
3: the first 900 years, well, not the first 900 years, it, Russia was only baptized in 1989. Before that, it was a pagan society. Oh, okay. Then in 1989, the uh, uh, Byzantium came and they baptized Ukraine and Russia, which turned it Christian. So, But what you see is like a thousand years of paganism, which is very prevalent in nature so say i'll tell chris if we leave the house if you forget something i still do this this is how prominent it is if I forget something after return, I always tell him, Look in the mirror He goes, Why? I said, Because something bad can happen to you if you don't look in the mirror. This uh, is like a very strange like things that passed on.
2: She gets into some of yeah. the God knows from
3: where very superstitious society.
2: Anastasia books, you should talk about that.
3: That's oh, that's like a whole that's a whole separate you know. Podcast. Of,
2: Ringing Caesar book books. Anastasia Anastasia books. Anastasia but books. But in Russia they're like it's almost like the almost like a new age type religion. But it has to do with you know, once again, esoteric mysticism, wow. kind of living Man, off the land. Man, there's so much stuff
1: that I missed. <laughs> <Yes. But laughs> yeah, but but
3: that one is. But what I was talking about with Russia, with the that that's, so it was first pagan, that's a thousand years of Christianity, and like my all my grandmothers, they had the icons in there. Like it was really prominent. You know, mm. they wanted it believe in it but then 70 years of communism and communists said no we can't practice this so you were allowed to practice it but say if you wanted more money and more status you had to proclaim yourself as an atheist so what happens to people when you're told you can't believe mm-hmm. you know you all of a sudden say well right. I want to believe in something That's bullshit. Yeah, cool the, you
2: know. when they so, take away and I think they're doing this in America now not to get too political, but mm-hmm. when you take away people's ability to feel spiritual, mm-hmm. to feel like you are an aspect of the creator itself, you are removing people's ability to have hope and great mm-hmm. feeling and enjoy in life. And what they're really doing, if you pay attention these days, a lot of this is demoralizing. And a lot of it's, you know, it's very conflictual and divisive. And what happens is it puts people in a low vibration state. A lot of what they seem to be doing, and at the same time they're getting rid of the family. They're trying to, you know, break down the family, break down social cohesion, and that causes well, that's what you were people about- to lose that ability mm-hmm. to feel spiritual, which is actually what we're here for. I believe we're here to be to metamorphosize from. A, well, once again,
3: coming back to, to a the butterfly. family, what you were saying mm-hmm. to the family, and more of a this, there's all there is to it. You know, like basic, basic things that. Yeah. Everybody wants just to have your simple normal life, you know. And sometimes you, you want it to yourselves. Like I told Chris, I was like, I now the the older I get, the more I realize that this is all that really matters. Whereas when I was at home and everybody my family comes from very simple beginnings, mm-hmm. most of them. <laughs> so when I was that always was super suffocating to me We were coming to Chris knows my dad's family. They they were all working at the metalwork factory and it's all the same thing over and over and over. Mm. And to me, it was just very religious. To me, it was very suffocating. It felt like I wanted to escape. Yet when I escaped here and I turned out to be here, I find the same values and I realize they are the same everywhere. But then I'm actually going, well, maybe that's why I wanted to escape in the first place to kind of realize and maybe pass the message along that it's the same everywhere. Mm. (laughs) That's you know, beautiful. Yeah, so, no, that's
2: beautiful. That's it.
3: You know. <laughs>
2: She's shaking her ass for peace and prosperity around the world. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I shake
3: my ass for.
2: Love, <laughs> peace, and love. <laughs> so, and I'm on board with that, 100%. <laughs> yeah.
3: Everybody's falling asleep here. I
2: know. We, we have to go to bed. Out. No, it's been
1: a long, a <laughs> yes. long podcast. We might yeah. even chop this up. Who knows?
3: Yes, yeah. we need to, like. But,
1: you know, thank you all for coming. This has been you. great. You know, yeah. it's been uh uh wide open. We've been exposed to a it's lot of things bad. that uh, <laughs> I love it. A lot of things that we didn't know about, you know. I love the the uh international feel of it. <laughs> <Cool. Thank laughs> and you. so that leads me to the Uncle Dave's tale of the week. And I'm gonna go back and do a repeat. I think I I read this one on the very first podcast. And I'm going to read it again because it follows in that uh, international thing. Mm. Considering all the fear and hate-mongering our politicians love to incite and love for us to participate in, I expect I, if anyone, I have a most valid bone to pick with a small group of Middle Easterners. See, back in 1958, my daddy, a 20-year Air Force man, was stationed in Tripoli, Libya. That's tip-top in the middle of the continent of Africa, bordered on the north by the beautiful Mediterranean Sea, and on the east by the Sahara Desert. The Mediterranean Sea was my wading pool, and the Sahara Desert was my sandbox (laughs) (laughs) for a couple of childhood years. I was four years old when we arrived there. You'd think it'd be quite a culture shock, but I couldn't have told you whether I was in Cairo, Georgia, or Cairo, Egypt. <laughs> I did notice there was an abundance of camels and sand. They didn't have women like that either <laughs> they They were covered up. <laughs> They didn't show much over there. They had the, you know, they had the,
3: whatever that's called. Yarmulke? Burka.
1: Uh, Burka.
2: Burka. Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: true. So it it was a beautiful land, rich in ancient history and filled with exotic aromas. We lived in an apartment compound in Tripoli off the base with neighbors of all ethnicities, American, Italian, French, British. There were two Arabic landlords who lived in rudimentary shacks in each corner of the compound. Our landlord was named Ali. The other landlord was named Muhammad. (laughs) (laughs) I'm serious. (laughs) A huge wall surrounded the apartment compound with a couple of steel gates for entry and exit. Standing on the balcony of our second-story apartment, you could see shards of multicolored glass embedded in the top of the wall, gleaming in the midday sun. Inside the apartment, we were very American. Mom and Daddy were from South Georgia, Hoboken and Waycross. So we still ate biscuits and fried chicken with the occasional spaghetti supper. (laughs) And we did on a handsome Telefunken stereo console cabinet that Daddy bought while he was in Germany. In October 1959, Daddy brought home a Marty Robbins record, El Paso. I was helplessly drawn into the melody, the stunning harmonies of the Glazer Brothers, the cinematic storyline, and I would lie on the floor, chin in hands, listening and watching the cowboy die in Felina's arms over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like most kids in the 50s, I was well into the cowboy ethos, and I fancy myself a good candidate to outdraw bad guys and rope and ride with the best. How foolish of me. I was in the land of Alibaba. You know, 40 thieves, guys. So on Christmas Day 1959, I received a brand spanking new cowboy outfit from Santa Claus. I ambled out of the apartment across the compound and shimmied, shimmied up the big iron gate that transformed into my stagecoach.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Bunkhouse. Just about mm-hmm. then, four or five young A-Rab boys had gathered beneath me, speaking a language I couldn't put a finger on. Before I could say yippee-ki-yay-yay, they reached up and stripped me down to my socks and underwear. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: gone was the pearl handle gun and holster my shiny boots my silver spurs my rugged chaps and my childhood innocence
5: <laughs> Poof.
1: i kicked and yelled for all i was worth until ollie the landlord finally made it out to see what all the fuss was about he was too late They had absconded with the goods and tore out wherever it was they called home. It was devastating back then, but I've forgiven them in my heart. So I figure somewhere in Libya, a Western cowboy culture was created (laughs) with rodeos and Arabs riding camels. This
2: explains Gaddafi's outfits. Instead of bulls
1: shouting, Jihad <laughs> instead of yeehaw. <laughs> yep.
3: I love this. <laughs> nice, You're a very good writer.
2: Yeah.
3: I like well, that.
2: It's some frank honesty and pretty sad too. That mm-hmm. little boy and they're taking your stuff. Well, like
1: yeah. It's a it's an old memory at this point, and I figured, you know, he I, still hasn't let it go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, <laughs> Well, what I want to do, folks, we've been talking about this Uncle Dave's Cowboy Bunkhouse. Keep your eyes and ears peeled, because it's coming. <laughs> it's
5: coming.
2: <laughs> and, uh, You've been warned. We've been there. You've been, been warned. There. <laughs> you don't want to go in there. Maybe
1: maybe I can have some uh, uh, international people on it, like Alex the Ukrainian. And,
3: uh, <laughs> we may bring him.
1: Yeah.
3: I'll say it in Russian. Daddy Sasha, Whatever
1: she said. Come on over, Alex. Yeah. Thank you all so much for thank being a so part much of this. We'll do a Waycross So
3: much.
4: Oh, yeah. the, the Uncle Dave's Bunyan. Uncle Dave's Cowboy Bunyan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can put it right there. With, with pine
1: cones, I, want <laughs> <laughs> I want to be the one that whips them. <laughs> uh, okay. Hey, thank you all so much for watching. This has been an incredible episode for us, and I hope you enjoyed it as well. Um, uh be sure to subscribe and like us and do all the little formalities that makes uh, YouTube videos go. <laughs> and remember our uh, Patreon account over there on Patreon.com. It's called Something Water the Deep End. Five bucks a month. That's all it takes. <laughs> and you'll probably see a little bit of this on that. <laughs> Dave takes his shirt off. I don't take my shirt off. The A-Rabs take my shirt off.
2: It's the bunkhouse special.
1: (laughs) Thank you all again for being here. Thank
5: you.
7: man